Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Reactionaries Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I am here, as always, with my co-host, Joe Gruen. Joe, it's Brawloween. Ooh, very spooky. A name that I have spent the last four days trying to figure out a better name for, and I have not. <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> we tried very hard. Place of it. Yeah, so if this is your first episode of The Reactionaries, what we do is we watch bad action movies and we make fun of them. I tried to, in the past, give a longer explanation, but that's pretty much what we do. Watch bad action movies, make fun of them. Uh, if this is your first episode and you're wondering, what is Brawloween? Well, Joe and I have a slew of theme months for you. If you go back in your feed, you'll see last month was Seagal September. All this month is Brawloween, which is action horror movies, I guess we'll say it. Action monster movies. Yeah. That's yeah. A good good way to do it yeah so in order to transition out of seagal september we started with a seagal movie where he fights vampire zombie people they're they still have cognitive skills joe when we get to that point i have some serious questions some philosophical questions for you i don't know that i can answer them (laughs) well i'm still gonna ask them so joe do you want to do you want to start off the people by giving them the definition of infect or do you want to go with uh, the financials and everything for this movie? I have the financials first, but then we'll go straight into the definition of infect because that is, in fact, in fact, the opening <laughs> of the movie. That is how this movie starts. Movie, great movies always start with definitions. I'll never, yes. for, I'll never forget when I put on the movie and uh, the first thing that I saw was in Catholicism the person responsible for the religious teachings of a child. And that would be the Godfather. Godfather. That's how the Godfather (laughs) starts. So Joe, let's talk against the dark. Okay. Made in 2009, Mm -hmm. uh, directed by one Richard Crudo. The budget was $7 million. And uh, the, I think all of those went into the CGI jets, which we'll talk about later. And the box office earnings internationally were $83,054. So, yeah, <laughs> eight times, or let's say six times more successful than, um, what was the last one we just did? Oh, why uh, am I blanking? Ter- Beyond the law. I was going to say, because you wiped it out of your memory banks. You didn't blank on it. You just wiped it out of your memory banks. Well, no. Again, Beyond the Law is better than <laughs> than three of the movies we watched during Seagal September. I, or two of the movies during Seagal September and this movie, I would say. Yeah, this is like extended Seagal September. I would argue that it's not, but we'll keep going. Okay. Um, certainly better produced. I mean, like it just looked like a more it, expensive film. The best review I saw of it was because I was looking for the scene because I was told you I was going to send you the meme about or I was going to make a meme out of the liquor in your belly thing about my fantasy team. I found a review of it where they said this belongs in the three dollar DVD bin, not the video on demand bin. Absolutely. And it because it looks like there's some there's quality production behind that movie, but not this like a movie, not this student film, which this one looks like a student film where they well let let's talk about the transitions really quick joe okay yeah let's just cover some overall things homer simpson did these trans these transitions because it was the why have hamburger when you can have steak the star wipe every single transition was this just like (sighs) of like flashes of zombies eating bodies (laughs) every 
single transition. It was either that or the same shot of this hospital, Joe. Yeah. A million I, establishing shots of this hospital. Well, okay. They, that's how they fucking went out, though. Not the hospital. I mean, the hospital, something happens to it at the end. But, like, uh, n- still not sure what happens to it, by the way. Something explodes but, near it because the explosion is not a hospital. Right. But they decide to get out of the movie. Not with, like, a nice, you know, star wipe. But, like, with... there. Were, yeah. zombies flashing across the screen eating bodies That's there was a close. perfectly good ending where they yeah. drive away and the hunters uh-huh. are walking away yes credits nope before that <laughs> a bunch yeah. of zombies which also i did at that that's point, how they open the movie too by the way yeah and and at that point i was saying i was before they did that i was like what did they accomplish in this movie? Nothing was accomplished. <laughs> and then that the reminding you the zombies still exist. I was like, all right, thank you. Cause at the end of this movie, you're like, what happened? Some people wandered around a hospital. Right. That was the whole movie. Yeah. And, and a strike was, was called. There's, there's like two intersecting, three intersecting storylines. There are several movies that barely touch each other in this one movie. Yeah, somehow by combining three movies, they managed to not have much of a plot. Yeah, and this is this is the ticker problem. There's so much happening that nothing's happening. Nothing, none of it's connected. Not, there's, there's yeah, there's no payoff to anything that happens. Right. There's so many storylines where nothing is happening. It's like if you have three people with shitty lives who all meet and become friends, that group isn't going to have adventures. Yeah, <laughs> they're just going to sit around. Things. And and the thing is, is they got into the hospital and they were like, we need to get out of the hospital. Right. <laughs> um, Jeff, what's the definition of infect? Uh, to affect a person, organism, cell, etc. with a disease causing organism. And Joe, I did not and know that before this. Oh, there was more. To contaminate with harmful organisms. Oh, that was the second part of that definition. Jeff, <laughs> I'm glad I I'm 34 years old. And every time somebody says infect, I'm like, do you mean affect? Like, I don't I don't <laughs> I don't know this word. So I'm glad I finally learned. I learned something. There's never been a more pointless piece of information thrown at the beginning of a movie than this. This is nope. unnecessary. Nope. I people know, in fact. And the thing is, is it's not like they didn't know how to start the movie because they after they have the definition, in fact, they have a perfectly cromulent opening yeah it's it's the zombie apocalypse version of the adam west speech yes <laughs> from if you watched uh from omega cop that's um, what i put i yeah. put like a very adam west not monologue happening. and it just keeps going and going and going yeah so it's basically what they're doing is just summing up every zombie movie trope yeah. in one speech like, whatever you guys are thinking, I didn't write this down, because basically whatever anyone's thinking right now, that's what is being said. If you've so, ever seen a zombie movie, just imagine the first five minutes. Yeah, the people are, are I'll just brain fart off from the top of my head right now. Uh, first, the infection came. People got infected. Um, some people decided to fight the zombies. Other people decided to survive on their own. Then the people who were survivors turned on each other. And now the living envy the dead. Yeah, something like that. It's, a kind it's, of basic, 
it's basically that. Like that's the first like five minutes. And Joe, here's the here's here's my thing. So at the in the first five minutes of this movie, they talk about how there's an illness with no vaccine and no immunity. Mm-hmm. There's clashing in the streets between people and police. They show this. There's yeah. clashing between groups. There's right. social unrest. Yeah. Joe, did they just try hydroxychloroquine? I feel like that could have fixed all of this. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it could have. Um, but I love fiction. I love escaping reality, Joe. Me too. What what a nice break yeah. from reality. Uh, there is one thing added into this story that um, makes it unique. It's the addition of the hunters who are swordsmen that track down and kill the eff- infected. But they don't mm-hmm. work for the military. They're ex-military. But they do work for the military. They are supported by the military. Yes. Uh, we find out. This group is led by Seagal. That's the only thing that matters. Seagal with a sword killing zombies. That's what's going on here. Correct. Yes. And Joe, you know uh, Seagal's buddy in this? I mentioned that uh, you, we have seen somebody in this movie before. Taggart? Taggart? The bald guy with the goatee? Yes. Joe, we have watched one two three four five movie this that taggart has been in that we've covered on this podcast we have covered five movies that taggart we have seen taggart on screen before joe jeff is he in every single seagal movie taggart is the rock's official stunt double oh wow and he, and he was in tokyo drift as another person but he is the rock's official stunt double so if you have seen a rock movie in the last decade or so you have seen tenoy reed that's incredible and also makes sense why we see somebody thrown through a wall yes (laughs) that's uh uh hobbs loves that move yeah (laughs) um so we open our film um actually it's already been open but really the first action that happens boy i already have questions okay (laughs) How long has this been going on? This movie so far? No, the infection. Days, oh. weeks, months. Who, who knows? Pick society has society has completely broken down, but there's still like in the hospital, there's still flowers that have just barely died. So in my mind, yeah. it's like a week and a half into the apocalypse and everything has fallen apart. But then at certain points they say weeks, at certain points they say months. Jeff, we do live in America. <laughs> so I, I have to believe chaos would occur within the first 24 to 48 hours. That's true. Uh, so we, what we get is we get a young boy. He's running from the zombies. The zombies catch him, and Seagal and the other hunters come to save him. Mm-hmm. Seagal then says, let's get this boy out of here. Take him to a safe place. Uh, and then he says, we're not here to decide who's right or wrong. We're here to decide who lives and dies. Um, clearly the zombies are wrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's like a moral opposition to zombies. Like, I feel like, like, I, no I, I don't think there's like a two side. I don't think you can both sides zombieism. No, they're not. They're not. And there's a lot of that in this movie where it's like trying to humanize them or have empathy for them. I mean, I get it. Like they're they're acting out of control, but like, if the corpse of your grandmother was reanimated and started going around killing people and trying to reason with you, yeah, the connection fades pretty quick there. <laughs> like, yeah, 
Um, but Joe, one thing at the end of the speech that starts the the movie, uh, two things. Um, one, um, they use stock footage from the eighties at one point. I saw stock footage that I saw came that I thought came directly from the Iraq War. But. Well, there was stock footage that said that the movie in the theaters was Day of the Dead, and I was like, okay. But then they turned down the street, and everybody was wearing like '80s clothes, like everybody. Interesting. So there's some stock that. footage from the '80s in here, and then also at the end of the speech, Joe, uh, they did the the sign of a great movie, Joe. Mm-hmm. It was now us against the dark. Ah, uh, there we go. They right into the yes. They said the name of the movie, Joe. That's right. That's right. Yes. Thank you. Um, also, Jeff, on the stock footage thing, lots of stock footage in this movie. Stock footage from lots of stuff. Okay. Joe, so, our old friends back. Stock our footage old friends of friends are back. <laughs> so we shoot to the hospital where mm-hmm. there is a code black, and a code black uh, means an evacuation is mandatory. And also that the emergency backup is activated and that they're switching to the reserve, which with an exclamation point. Yeah, very. You need you need excitement. I haven't seen such excitement from an automated thing since uh, Karate Cop. Whereas the readout was like, please have a good day, like evacuate immediately. Have a good day. Right. Um, So we we. I, I'm still not sure what a code black is, but whatever. Joe, uh, no, you don't know a code, ba- code black? No, I don't. In a hospital, whenever – so code black in a hospital is whenever a corpse reanimates and starts biting people. <laughs> when the morgue is overtaken <laughs> yes. by the corpses. Yeah, it's very rare. Yeah, there's – there's a little button on the on the uh, the mortician's desk that he's got or a little box he's got flip open and there's a black button on it and he's got to hit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it needs two keys. <laughs> the mortician and the mortician's assistant have to put the keys in, unlock the box. Yeah. The- um. So we have a couple, a couple and a young girl, uh, plus a long-haired guy, who break into a hospital. I apologize in advance. I'm going to be calling them like couple and young girl and long haired guy for a while because the names do not come quickly. In this movie. Joe, Joe, here's what I called in my notes. Uh, long hair, short hair, yeah. girl, brunette, yeah. blondie yes. and yeah. accents. Oh, accents is blondie's <laughs> boyfriend. Yeah. Blondie's boyfriend has accent. I learned these people's names and then I forgot them and then I learned them again and then I forgot them. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to learn their names. And unfortunately, they don't die fast enough in this horror movie for us to forget about them. Like, we still have to reference them in the notes. Yeah, they're around forever for this forever. to be a horror <laughs> Nobody dies until, like, the very end. Such a low kill count. Um, so the guy, um, okay, the short-haired guy immediately starts bitching. They come in through a window into the hospital. The short-haired guy immediately starts bitching at long-haired guy for smoking, mm-hmm. which seems like the least of their problems at the moment. Yeah, um, in the zombie apocalypse, I'm not going to worry about cig- secondhand smoke. Yeah, I think, or whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah. if, I'm the, if I'm in the zombie apocalypse, I would pray that I die of lung cancer from secondhand smoke, because that means I've got very old. <laughs> yes, very old. I don't have to worry about a zombie eating my neck off. Yeah. Um, I think the long-haired guy switches to pills, 
So he definitely seems like a piece of shit. Um, he sucks. If you're, he's in the zombie apocalypse and he's just like getting strung out for half the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's like, yeah, can we find a TV with Netflix? <laughs> yeah. I, he's like, I really like there's a new season of Kimmy Schmidt. Like, can we just chill out and watch that for a while? No, no, dude. I know it's lame, but like it's some episodes are kind of cool. It's funny. OK, it's clever. <laughs> she was a she was a mole woman. Um, We get the blonde woman. We Oh, we flash to a blonde woman and she's having dreams of a naked woman being eaten by zombies. Yeah. Uh, then a guy comes into her room and creepily watches her for a little bit and then wakes her up. He watches her just have a horrible dream. Like, like I watch my dog sometimes. Yes. And go, <laughs> Oh God, he's, he thinks he's running. Yeah. <laughs> but like, sometimes, you know, like I'm sure with Teddy, you're like, <laughs> and you're like, Oh, he's having such a bad dream. But you're like, you're not supposed to wake dogs up from that. Cause they might accidentally bite you. And so you're just like, you have to like live through it. Right. Yes. Uh, but he just kind of sits there and watches it. <laughs> like unemotionally yeah uh so we're like i said we're like 10 characters in at this point which yes we are we're like 10 characters in at this point we have no names zero no names. names no names and we don't know like we're we're three movies in at this point because you have the hunters is one movie you have blondie yeah. r- long hair short hair and uh girl is another movie and then you have these two people so we just got well brunette and short hair blondie is this girl Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Brunette and short hair, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the and the young girl. Uh, so then we flash back to the hunters and we get Latino Hunter. Uh, I said, I, yeah, we don't know his name yet though. Um, I said I think he's a hunter because jacket on. That's the way to differentiate yeah. them from normal people. Yeah, and um, yeah, and he he's... calls he calls to the military base and tells them that he's approaching the hospital. Yeah, I, and I don't understand what these hunters do. They just kind of just, like, wander around looking for things to do. Like, yeah, hey, let's go check out area. over there. They're just like, oh, let's, they're just, like, aimlessly sweeping the area, though. They're like, let's go this way. Let's yeah. go this way. Yeah, they just sweep the areas. That's their only, one and only task. Um, so the two groups in the hospital come into contact with each other. Mm-hmm. They realize that no one is infected. Now we get some names, but only of the girls. Blonde woman's name is Dorothy. The young girl is named Charlie. The brunette woman is named Amelia. Charlie is sick, quote unquote. Um, and Amelia brought her there to find drugs. Yeah. And she's sick, quote unquote, with a opioid, quote unquote, addiction, <laughs> quote unquote. And these I just want to say these three women aren't Charlie is short for Charlotte. I saw yeah. it in the in, in the credits. What kind of 1930s names are they giving these characters? Dorothy. Dorothy. Dorothy, Charlotte, and Amelia. Jeff, no one under 70 is named Dorothy. Not at all. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. Uh, Dorothy Hamill is 64. Oh, shit. Okay. She's the, she's the youngest. You know how in uh, Children of Men, there's like baby Diego? Yeah. <laughs> like the, she's the last Dorothy. She's the born. last Dorothy alive. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... Charlie, yeah, Charlie's sick. Uh, then we get the hunters. They've arrived at the hospital, mm-hmm. as we already knew. Uh, Seagal orders them to abandon all useless survivors. He's like, if you find survivors and they're useful, we keep them. If not, you kill them. 
Which is amazing. I guess they do decide who lives and who dies. Yes, that changed quickly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all right then, shoot. Um, some chick we flash to filing her teeth into points. She's Poor. infected. <laughs> I think so. This scene gave me visceral a visceral reaction. Cause you know, do you know about the the cap on my tooth? No, I have, I have a cap on my front tooth. Mm. And um, what happened was I had a temp on there for like 12 years. They, mm. I just never went back and got it done because it, it didn't matter. And it came off. And um, I had to go to the dentist and get it re-put back on. And that involved filing. Like if I popped off the cap, it's permanent. It's, it's stuck on there. It's like cemented in there. If I popped it off, my tooth would be a cone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that you could fit it on. Yeah. They could not give me more local anesthetic. And I felt it the whole time oh my god so watch this woman file her teeth down i just had this sense memory of just the pain shooting down my body dude so this gave me and and they show the dust falling from her grinding ah ah so when i was i had a very similar experience when i was 10 you know i broke out my front tooth on a um uh bike accident i used to have a fake tooth on a retainer i used to flick up and down me and taylor owings me and taylor owings would do that to each other while we were in classes together um but yeah same deal when i broke it out it was all jagged my other tooth my other front tooth was kind of jagged and they had to smooth it out so Mm -hmm. i viscerally remember watching dust fall feeling a little bit of it's not pain like getting pricked with something it's a pain that shoots directly to your stomach and you get nauseous over yeah and so it's it's like there's a nerve yeah there's a nerve that goes from your jaw it feels like there's a nerve that goes into your jaw and just drops into your stomach you just directly and you feel every inch of it going down yes it's awful yeah so yes very and the sound of it sucks too um so dorothy's boyfriend says that they need to head to the pharmacy Mm -hmm. and amelia's short-haired guy friend wants to blow the hospital up for funsies yeah he's just like we should just blow it up this is how most of these conversations go where like like they're just talking at each other like just saying things and people are like yeah okay well we're not gonna do that or like yeah so much of this movie is it's killing time yeah like it's they were like okay this movie needs to be this long all right let's just just improv just improv just we'll get there and none of these people are any good at improv so all the scenes are like well should we go this way like i guess we should go this way all right, right let's go this way let's go like, well it all leads to the same place okay yeah. then we'll go this way yeah oh we can't go this way because there's stuff in the way well why don't we move the stuff well i mean we can't move the stuff why don't we move the stuff like it's okay, just okay let's start moving the stuff <laughs> it's it's like they had an idea they're like okay we need steven seagal's hunter team but then Steven yeah. Seagal's like, Steven Seagal's like, I will give you 20 minutes of screen time. Tops. <laughs> <That's exactly laughs> <what happens. laughs> He's like, I 20 minutes of screen time and I'm out of there. And so they had to build a movie. But around. I also want to be the most important person in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to be the hero. Also 20 minutes. So that's why you get like, I called uh, the, the short hair, long hair, brunette and Charlie. I called them the ding dongs. And okay. then, and then Blondie and accent are the idiots. So at this yeah. point, the ding dongs and the idiots team up, but then we, when the ding dongs have a stoner friend and a young girl. Yes. Yes. That, that those are the two teams. But at this point, the ding dongs and the idiots team up. So I'm like, okay, maybe there'll be some internal conflict, but immediately they're like, all right, fine. What, no one's we, infected. All right. We're, we're, we all know we got to get out of here. Right. Well, yeah. Go. We just came. Which I, yeah. 
I've watched enough Walking Dead to know that this is not how this would go down, Joe. Of course not. There'd be guns aimed. There'd be, like, yeah. people angry. It'd be insane. But then they need this whole plot of them just like, I'm so sad the apocalypse has happened. And then just, sorry, I just developed this theory that Seagal only, they needed Seagal and he could only give him 20 minutes and they backfilled everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into it. There's a lot of moping going on. A lot um, of moping. And li- tell me when we get to the military base, because that is the worst offender of all, Joe. <laughs> well, Jeff, first we got to go back to this chick filing her teeth. Yes. Um. Then she walks over and slits a dead guy's throat. And this mm-hmm. dead guy's hanging from the ceiling. And uh, like a like a half a cow. And she collects his blood for drinking in a mug that says, I'm allergic to Mondays. Is that what it says? <laughs> yeah, with a dog on it. <laughs> I love it. Joe, if she's if she's just catching guys and just, you know, harvesting blood, why does she need to file her teeth to look scary? It's a great question. Yeah, she seems to have a knife that she can use. Yeah, she has a knife. She uses it to slit his throat. She can get the drop on people. Is she just she just wants to look more terrifying, I guess? Yes. Yeah, I think it's a way to add horror elements into a movie that is severely lacking of any suspense or horror. To be, actually, Joe, to be completely honest with you, watching her file her teeth was the only time I felt anything in this movie, except for just, like, boredom. There is one more time, but I'll get to that later. Okay. Um, okay, so this chick is still filing her teeth. She slits the guy's throat, gets the blood. Uh, Amelia says they need to reach the sub-level. And I can't figure out how she already knows the layout of this place. Because this is the girl that just came into the hospital. Yeah, she walked in the hospital and was like, the drugs she needs are on the sub-level. Like, that's the only way that she could have figured this out already. And she knows the whole layout. of. It's yeah. like, you know what she has? She has, like, that, like, a Nintendo power or something. I was going to say, she Look. beat the boss in the first the first level. The first room, there was a, a, a mini-boss. And then yeah. it pop, popped up a chest, and she got the map. Yeah, yeah. She she just knows where everything is. Yeah. Um, Amelia, yeah. So uh, the generator's dead, though. So they can't open the sec the security door. Uh, where Dorothy and her boyfriend left their car. Um, and they can use it. Oh, they can use it to go to one of the camps. They say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amelia wisely asks why they haven't done that already, and Dorothy says because there was food in the hospital. Worst idea, worst ras- rationalization ever. It was like there are camps where there are people who could help us. There is some remnants of government. There's societies there. There is a society available, but they got like 12 cans of anchovies. So. <laughs> You know, what are you going to do? But this is what I don't understand either, is they knew about these camps. They know about these camps. Yeah. And they're like, let's go into this hospital for, I mean, you know, okay, maybe they went into the hospital at night for uh, protection. And then they found that there's food and everything there. So maybe that's what happened. Could and be. They're like, and they're like, well, let's, let's leave. Let's wait until some more ding-dongs come around. And then we'll, and then we'll leave. Yeah, yeah. Well, we need them because if we get attacked by zombies, we'll just shove one of them down. <laughs> And if one of them's a child, even better. Yeah. Uh, if the generator fails before they reach the sublevel, they're all trapped. I guess. I, is I, what they say. I don't understand the through line there, but sure. <laughs> it's okay, because they jump straight to um, Seagal again. 
I say I'm starting to think that the only thing we'll see Seagal do in this movie is sweep the surrounding areas of the hospital. Sweep the surrounding areas and carry a sword on his shoulder. That's pretty much all he does. Right, right. For at least the first half of the movie. Um, and then even for the second half, he just gets in the hospital and starts sweeping areas in the hospital. Um, so then we're back to the hospital. Amelia and Shorthair are, are arguing about the existence of the hunters. Mm-hmm. They, then they come across the chapel, which has a message painted in blood. Abandon hope all ye who enter here. Joe, I love the way that they really thought outside the box. They didn't just go, um, you know, zombie trope after zombie trope after zombie trope after zombie trope. They really, yeah. they really, they really push the artistic form here. Yeah, I like how they throw in ye as if there's some panicking person in the apocalypse, desperate to sound like an like a, a medieval man. Well, you know, that's a quote though. That's from that's yes. from uh yeah Dante passing through the gates of hell, abandoned. So, yeah, but who is doing that when they fucking... There, yeah, that's true. Who is, like... Why not just keep take, out? Yeah, take the time and effort, or don't open dead inside. Like in like in The Walking Dead. Like, it's, it doesn't make any sense, Joe. First of all, you gotta find enough blood to write all those words. So you gotta have, Where like, did he get all that blood? <laughs> Where did he get all that blood? He's, like, raiding the blood, the, uh, blood transfusion bank. Yeah, they're not gonna need this anymore. <laughs> Society's gone. Maybe it was uh, with the in the man. Maybe it's actually red paint that's in the mannequin room. By the way, uh, pro tip to Glimmer Man: This is how you do blood. This is yes. what blood looks like. It doesn't look like poop. Exactly. Uh, so the short-haired guy's name, we get it, is Dylan, and of he bitches. It is. It's Dylan, baby. Of course, he's it's turning into nine hundred two one zero. Yeah. Uh, and he bitches at Amelia for taking the Lord's name in vain, which, again, seems like they have bigger problems than this. Yeah, I can't believe the first fight between the, the, when these groups get together is because she says Jesus. She goes, Jesus. And he's like, how dare you take the Lord's name? And it's like, shut up. Well, this was the No, this is the girl that he came with. Like, yeah, Dylan well, that's, that's that. what I'm saying. Long hair. I'm saying the first fight after these groups get together is because... She says Jesus. It's not even an interpersonal conflict. It's two people yeah. that already know each other. No. Yeah, this Arthur. guy's just a fucking buzzkill. This guy, which is ironic because he's buzzed the whole movie. No, this is not the buzz guy. Oh, this is short. This is short hair. Yeah, this is the guy who complained and bitched at short hair or long hair for taking drugs. Um, I said, by the way, she doesn't even say God damn it. Uh, she says Jesus. Which mm-hmm. is an exclamation of awe. So fuck Dylan in his goddamn face. <laughs> yeah, he is getting a little uh, high and mighty here. But then as I wrote that, she did say goddamn. So I guess Dylan is a pretty good point. <laughs> He's redeemed, Joe. Yeah. Uh, long-haired guy starts popping pills again. Dylan swears that all of them are going to make it to the security door. Which basically guarantees that he's not making it. Nope. He is not. Um, Amelia discovers an eyeball on a hospital tray in one of the most ineffective jump scares of all time. Yeah, it was completely boring. But before that, Joe, something very funny is as they're walking down the hallway, mm-hmm. uh, I forget who says it, but he, somebody goes, oh, that smells getting worse. And then, um, and then I think it's Blondie 
enters the frame. Like <laughs> this made me realize that nobody has showered for weeks probably, but I like the idea that he's like, God, she smells terrible, but yeah, it's framed. So it's supposed to be the zombies, but he's just like, this woman stinks. <laughs> um, Amelia. Dis- oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, there's blood and guts everywhere. And they keep walking through it. Yeah. They have to know they're going the wrong direction. Totally. (laughs) There's something that made this blood and guts. There are so many warning signs happening in this that that they're about to get into something bad. It's like in um in Guns Akimbo where she's she's like, if you're if you find the bad guys, you're going in the right direction. Yeah, and so so many times throughout the movie, people are like, is do we go this way? And the answer is always, it doesn't matter. All roads lead to the security door. <laughs> it, it's always the answer. And they're always just like breaking up into groups. And then just like, everybody's always just around the corner from each other when it's convenient. Just pick the cleanest halls. Yeah. <laughs> once they're all blood all over the place. They're all going the same direction. You keep saying it. You don't need to go through the entrails hallway. Yeah. There's blood and guts everywhere. There's a severed arm. And bodies hanging from the ceiling. This is the biggest warning sign. There are bodies hanging from the ceiling like fly strips. Yeah, and this is the picture I sent you before you watched it. They're they're wearing shirts, and then the entrails are just attached to the outside of the shirt. They're like stapled to the outside of their button shirts. Very clearly, Joe. Um, Dorothy's boy. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say. Um, and and they do a lot of glamour shots on these, like they're proud of them. Like maybe just have them just like barely off screen, like like they're in the <laughs> distance. Don't focus on your your shirts with entrails stapled to them. Yeah, or like shoot them from the back, where yeah. like you don't see them off to the side, where you just kind of see them hanging over the shoulder. Uh, Dorothy's boyfriend tells everyone not to touch them, which is and a real what heads does he up. Immediately do real heads up play. By the way, what does he oh, immediately yeah. do? He touches them. He goes, don't touch him. And then he just moves the body out of the way. Like, as the words are coming out of his mouth, he's like, hey, whatever you do, the last thing on earth you want to do is exactly what I'm doing right now. <laughs> he just moves the See? body aside. This is really gross, right? <laughs> See? Um, who needs to be told that, by the way? Like, can you imagine wandering around a hospital in the middle of the zombie apocalypse and there's bodies hanging all over the ceiling? Do you need to be told not to touch the bodies? <laughs> like, who's just going around going like, poop, oop, oop? Like, some people might. Feeling their ears and Give stuff. them wet willies. Yeah. Give them little wet willies. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, um, I mean, some people might need to be told, but just the humor of them, like, don't touch these. And they just, just pushing them out of the way is, it was too much for me. Uh, Dylan barfs like a bitch. He sucks. And then new, there's a new blood message. That says, God forgive us all. So I'm wondering, okay, now I'm thinking because we know now, well, no, because I was going to say we know, we know, you and I, but people who are listening for the first time don't know, that these zombies have sentience. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if these are the zombies giving these messages, but everybody who is a zombie likes being a zombie. So I don't know who is asking for. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's a good question. I mean, I, yeah. I guess I assume these were survivors, but the survivors didn't do anything. Yeah, the survivors are just surviving. Yeah, so they, they have no reason to ask for forgiveness. Very confusing message. Um, but that's okay, because we jump to Seagal, and Seagal says, Taggart, you clear that area. Make a clean sweep. You understand? I said, yes, we all understand. Yes. <laughs> you said that area. 
that area. Make sure there's nothing in there. A, qu- a clean sweep, top to I bottom, just, tip to tails. Make sure yeah. it's empty. This the whole the enchilada. <laughs> Not a thing in there. This is the scene where I just kind of hoped that from now on he would just point and they would walk <laughs> and that was the end of the scene. <laughs> um, Taggart comes across a woman crying on the floor and a man watching her, standing yes. over her watching her. And he kills the man by stabbing him in the heart, yanking him through a door window and snapping his neck. Pretty cool kill, I thought. Yeah. Then we get our first introduction to a guy who I call Blue Shirt. Blue Shirt radios Taggart to remind him to clear the area. <laughs> In case Seagal wasn't, wasn't you know, clear. In case Seagal clear. wasn't doing his, his duties. He's like, did, did that fat sword guy, he told you to clear the area, right? He's like, yeah, yeah. It's the only thing he said. Good, good, yeah, because that's what we pay him to do. But just in case they have me, who also calls in and tells you to clear the area. Just just so you know, I'm just here to fill fill time. Just so you can ignore me if you want. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, don't um, worry. None, no offense, Dave. <laughs> uh, there's, oh, the girl on the ground then attacks Taggart. And two other zombies crash down through the ceiling. And Taggart draws his hand, his hand scythes. Which are pretty cool, yeah. And he kills two, then decapitates the girl zombie. So here's a question. Was this all like a ploy? Is this our first indication that these zombies have sentience? This was some sort of trap? I think it it has to be. But at the time, we don't know that they have sentience. So this is like, this is stupid. This doesn't make sense. Like, you have to give some, like... Some background. Some hint. If So go back to the girl filing her teeth. the guy whose throat she slits has to be alive and she has to say something to him to be like, to be like you're monsters or something. And she's like, we're more human than you'll ever be. And then she slits his throat. Cause that's from there that establishes, okay, these are more vampires than zombies. Right. Cause everything else is, these are more zombies than vampires. There's, they're just herd instinct going on, but this is clearly, this is a trap that was set for Taggart. Here's an even shittier way to do that. <laughs> you take the woman who's slitting the throat, and after she sits the throat, she looks out the doorway, and you see the blonde girl who's going to be on the floor crying, nods, and then the girl with the knife nods. <laughs> <laughs> that's even that's worse. That's somehow worse than just having zombies fall out of the ceiling. <laughs> but think about okay, think about how much better this movie would be if you knew that the if the viewers knew. That these were sentient planning creatures, and the immediately, people, immediately, and the people in the movie just thought they were animals. Yeah, because that would that would set up this all a much better like experience for the viewer being like, why like because without knowing that you're like, why is that guy hiding behind a pipe? Why is that guy just staring at them? Why isn't he just attacking? Because yeah. they're the sentience is very come and go if you don't know that they're sentient. Like, it feels very haphazard until we get to the point that they're like, oh, they're sentient. Okay, this makes sense. Yeah, and it gives the viewer something to know that you then wait for the rest of the team to find out and know. Instead of everybody knowing everything because you said the same things 50 times. Yeah, and and that's – it would add – like, if they just had somebody go through this and then you added them trying to figure out why there's traps being set – 
why they're not attacking them immediately. You could have the knowledge that they're sentient, and then you could see the progression. There, some arc would happen with them where they say, "Okay, they are sentient. They are people that have just been turned. They're not bloodthirsty. They're not just monsters." Yeah. You could have a built-in conflict for when one of them gets infected and yes. somebody who loves them goes, oh, they're still themselves. Exactly. Instead, we just get like like Ticker. It's just a puddle. It's just a puddle of things happening. There's no arc. The shallowest puddle. <laughs> Joe, we need, to, we need to call Steven Seagal and be like, give us 5% and we'll do a one-through on the scripts to make sure this stuff makes sense before you guys film it. Most of these movies are fucking... What, what what are they making? A hundred thousand? I mean, if we made it, we, they'd make significantly more. But the budgets are seven million. One hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> the budgets are seven million. Give us five percent of seven million. I'll devote the next year of my life to it. Yeah, Joe. I we gotta get Seagal on the phone. Um, Charlie is learning how to mope with the situation. That's what I said. How to learning mope. Learning how to mope with the situation from Amelia. From Amelia. Charlie tells the story of how her dad died. Hint, it involves zombies. Oh, boy. I said, uh, they're not... So, like, she said, they're not monsters or demons, just diseased. And then the little girl is like, nobody can protect me. It's like, well, why are you running around? How would... If you are the two adults trying to protect this girl, you're like, all right, fine. Go up on your own then. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to be like this? Yeah, we don't need another mouth to feed. This is, you think we're doing this for funsies? Yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you think we're... The only reason they're in this hospital is because they're taking care of her. Right. They're getting medications for her. They could just be hiding right now. They could be at the camp. They could have been at the camp, yeah. Uh, long-haired guy goes into the bathroom and finds some trash on the ground to use as toilet paper or reading material. I'm not entirely sure. Joe, I have a third option. Mm. both first one then the other (laughs) in a very specific order (laughs) yes well you know whatever order he wants but joe he checks multiple doors and two of them are locked and long hair it's long hair and accent that are in this room right yes that are in the bathroom neither one of them sees that as a red flag that the bathroom doors are locked from the inside yeah from the inside neither one of them they're like oh sorry 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 somebody's in there like Use half a brain. Of course. Um, Long hair is a talkative. He talks to Dorothy's boyfriend, who you call Accents, Mm -hmm. about teamwork. Um, And then it cuts away. Uh, I said every conversation in this movie is pointless. Joe, Seagal said he'd be in this movie, but he said he'd give him 20 minutes and they had to fill in space around it. I'm fully convinced that every other plot point is just them trying just biding their time to spread out the Steven Seagal footage. It's so much pointless dialogue going on. Um, Dylan insists that the zombies are just people like you or me who eat brains because they haven't found God yet. Exactly. Once you find Jesus, then all you need to eat is Jesus crack. Joe, if you think about Jesus it, Jesus crack. <laughs> Joe, let's really break this down. Okay. The zombies are flesh eaters, right? Yes. What is, or well, maybe you don't know. What is the Jesus Christ? Body of Christ. <laughs> it's it's the flesh of Christ. Body so of if Christ. they found if they found Jesus, well, and the wine is the blood of Christ, correct? Yeah, that's all they need. They just need to find Jesus, Joe. It's an easy transition, you would think, <laughs> to, yeah. to wafers and and wine. Yeah. They're just people who are stray, misinterpreting the text. See, it says to eat the body of Christ and and drink the blood of Christ. 
but they're misinterpreting it by going around eating people and drinking their blood. Joe, is this just an allegory for the Protestant Reformation? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, every, um, oh, yeah, I already said that. Uh, Dorothy's boyfriend says, you know, some of the wounded were immune and others, man, they just changed. They just changed right over. And everybody thinks that they're vampires, but they're not. They're mutants. Longhair says, maybe so. But what's the myth of, what's the myth based on? Being a slave to blood and flesh? Everything you do, everything you think about is just getting more blood? No mind of your own? No feelings? Shit, man. I said, how stoned is this guy? <laughs> Dude is super stoned. He didn't hear a word that guy said. But I, I love, I just love that accent is like, everybody thinks they're monsters. They're not. They're mutants, which is a subclass of monsters. It's just monsters. Like, it's just monsters. It's splitting hairs, really. Yeah. It's it's one of my new favorite phrases. It's a distinction without a difference. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, they're not monsters, they're mutants. And somebody's like, well, what's a mutant? Oh, that's just a type of monster. That's just a type of human that acts monstrous. <laughs> yeah, that acts monstrously. Um, woman zombie was hiding in one of the stalls in the men's oh, bathroom. No. But this is 2020, so I guess the rules don't apply anymore. Hey, man, unisex bathrooms. Doesn't matter. Uh, they trap her and escape. Which, why don't they kill her? I don't know. It's not like she's just gonna be like, ah, rats, you bested me. They it's, already know she can go under the door. It's too that's how she, right. That's how she grabs long hair. Well, they lock out under the door. They they barricade her in the bathroom door, so there's no way to get under. Joe, at this point. Joe, she's gonna get out. Of course she will. She'll talk to one of the other zombies, but like it's two versus one right now. It's done. Just brain her. Yeah. Uh, Seagal's back on the Seagal's back on the move. He'll get to that hospital. Joe, I wrote literally the same thing. I said Seagal and company are back on the move. Well, I said he'll get to that hospital, dead or out of breath. <laughs> One of the two. My man, my man. Here's a topical reference to you. My man looking like Donald Trump when he just got out of the hospital, is <laughs> oh, huffing boy. and puffing. <laughs> this this podcast does not take political stances. Except that uh, Trump looked like garbage when he got out of the hospital. That's the only political stance we'll take. Uh, someone finally calls out long hair for being stoned. Then the next stop is the cafeteria, which is stocked with an unusual amount of canned food in a, wow. for a cafeteria. That's a lot of canned food, dude. And I, I mean, <clears throat> there's not this much canned food in a hospital cafeteria. It's funny because they're in the trays where the nor the prepared food should be. So yeah, like in the mashed in potatoes tray, there's just a bunch of cans of like beans. Yeah. Um, they assemble the crappiest feast I've ever seen. And the girl asks how old the food is. Dorothy's boyfriend says it could be months old, which is ironic because I'm eating a gas station ham sandwich as I write this. Joe, it's canned food. It doesn't matter how old it is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it does not matter. It's 95% preservatives. Right. Yeah. Dude, I have canned food that's like five years old, and I'm sure it would be fine. Eat it. On camera. <laughs> uh, long hair wants to stay in the cafeteria. Wonder why. 
Because <laughs> he's stoned. And what's funny is they're like, we have to move on because there's no food here. And then they're like, oh, let's just go to the cafeteria. I'm sure there's food there. Like, did they not think to go to the cafeteria? Because of Accent and Blondie were going to move on because the food was running out and the generator was running low. But they were just going to take off without getting supplies in the cafeteria. Yeah. Well, the stock room has mannequins, which we'll find out later. <laughs> so maybe they thought the cafeteria had, like, the drugs. Oh, okay. And the pharmacy has the food. The pharmacy has the food. Yes. That makes sense. Um, so, uh, long hair wants to stay in the cafeteria. I said, wonder why. Right. And Amelia says they have three hours till dawn. Dorothy says it might take that long to reach the next level. Which a, how, 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 how does she know? I said, which a, no, it's not. (laughs) And B. They're going uh, up and down levels this whole movie while insisting they can't change levels. Three hours? I've been to hospitals that are humongous. It did not take me three hours to cross the entire hospital. But Joe, have you ever been gotten lost in a hospital? It's impossible to get out. They're labyrinths. I guess that's true. <laughs> there, if you've ever taken a wrong turn in a no, hospital, that's a hundred percent true. You might as well be in another. Like you, you take a turn and you're in a mall six miles down the road. You're like, what happened? And if you started this journey at 6 p.m., set up camp. You're not going anywhere. You're done. Uh, B, that's the most blatant setup for incoming dead time that I've ever seen in my life in a movie. They're just like, may take three hours just to reach the next level of the hospital. So if we're if you see us just talking and wasting time, just walking in circles while one of us has intimate knowledge of how to get everywhere in the hotel or the hospital somehow. Yeah, she has the cheat, the cheat guide. Uh, Dorothy's boyfriend, boyfriend's name is Morgan. We get his name now. And he's ranting about nothing. Amelia's big plan is to break a window. To let zombies in, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Longhair's name is Ricky. So we get his name. So we finally have all our names about 30 minutes into this movie. He's stoned. So his plan is whatever. He's also literally what he says, whatever. <laughs> That's his plan, yeah. He's let also this dead, let this dead weight go. I'm sorry. Throw yeah. him at a zombie. Let him go. Well, here's another reason to let him go. He's bleeding out, and everyone bitches at him for attracting vampire zombies with his blood, which I guess are now sharks as well. This is the first time that we where something bad happens and everybody just gets mad at the person for the bad thing happening to them. Like, it's like, yeah. you're bleeding out. You're going to screw us over. And he's like, I'm bleeding out. Oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to think well for like 30 minutes now. <laughs> yeah. I've been pretty high. I don't know if you know that. Uh, Dylan makes a sick, no look behind the back trash can shot. And there's and a severed arm in there. Why? The, the trash can shot? No, why is, the there arm? An arm in, why is there an arm in the trash can? Jeff, why was the trash can shot? They shot this like it was such an important thing happening. Like if in Ocean's Eleven, if Brad Pitt pointed or like set something down, they would focus on it. That's how much they focus on this trash can shot. Yeah, but Joe, forget that. Because that the, the importance is obviously to get us to the arm. Why is the arm in a trash can? Was a zombie full? <laughs> no. No, dude. The janitor 
uh, who's still alive, <laughs> is wandering the halls like, oh, this doesn't belong here on the ground. It's like zombies are leaving a mess everywhere. They're just leaving I, arms everywhere, eyeballs. I, I swear to God, every day I mop up blood and guts, and every day, sure enough. <laughs> More blood and guts. Which is no different than how is, he was in the hospital before the apocalypse. Uh, the, the janitor doesn't even know the apocalypse happened. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, they had a busy day today. <laughs> He's like, so the doctors are just cutting off arms and just leaving them on the floor now? All right. What a country. <laughs> what a, I'm just happy to have a job, to be honest with you. I don't ask questions. I go home. I get a six-pack from the store. I watch my stories. I just keep my head down. That's all I do. That's right. Uh, Seagal and the hunters have reached the hospital corridors. End of scene. Yep. Just part of the 20 minutes that Seagal gave him. Right. Uh, then we flash to the other crew members. The other crew reaches the examining room mm-hmm. where they, there may be medicines. Morgan takes Ricky inside. Morgan says, you guys be careful. If you hear anything, well... There's a lot of levels, yeah. I'll take his word. <laughs> I mean, I guess. But he just throws, he doesn't check on the other side of this door. He just throws this door open in the zombie hospital and just, like, walks in. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. hey, guys, like, op- open the door crack. Check and see what's going on in there. Yeah, for sure. You walked through hanging corpses. You've walked through, I mean, there was a zombie in the bathroom. Yeah, dude, he's seen some rich, some signs of ritualistic behavior. <laughs> yeah, maybe check what's on the other side of the door before just throwing it open. Totally. Uh, Charlie tries to sit next to Dorothy. Dorothy says, don't sit so close to me, Charlie. What a bitch. <laughs> this sucks. This kid, we just found, like, this kid your is, dad is, die. is trying to find some love in the zombie apocalypse and just can't do so. Because, yeah, it's not even, yeah, I was just going to say, it's not even clear that she's trying to sit next to her. It'd be like if you sat next to someone in a subway and they're like, don't sit next to me. You're like, there's nowhere else to sit. Like, like it it didn't even cross my mind that I was sitting next to you. I'm just sitting near you. You just, there just happened to be a spot to sit next to you. I'm not trying to sit next to you. Yeah. It was such a bold response. It was so bizarre. Um, so Dorothy just needed some space, though, to think up this sweet line. What if we are the only ones left? You know what that you know what that means? Dylan says what? Dorothy says it means we're the monsters now. This world isn't ours anymore. Not with that attitude. Joe blew my mind. I've seen dozens of zombie movies and never has the are humans the real monsters ever crossed my mind? It's definitely not right. the plot of the entirety of The Walking Dead. Well, or the theme of, like, Night of the Living Dead, the original Every zombie, zombie movie. Every all... zombie movie, the theme is, is humans are the real monsters. But th- this is the only movie, legitimately, that I've ever seen that, like, people start to philosophize about it open, like openly. It's so yeah. pointless in real, because it, in an actual situation like this in a movie, no one has time to, to have this conversation. <laughs> it's because they're, 
Like, there's a quick solution. If you think human beings are pieces of shit, walk outside for five minutes and be dead. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 people are being like, maybe we don't deserve to live. And like like you said, not with that attitude, you won't. Yeah, no one has time for this level of apathy when you're like, being chased by zombies. And imagine, imagine being in the zombie apocalypse and having the millennial mindset of nothing matters. Like she's just like, LOL, nothing matters. Like she, the like the online thing, and it's like, dude, it's the zombie apocalypse. Like things the, things have mattered. Yeah, the first person who says that is getting abandoned in the middle of the night. There's yeah. no way that person is staying in the group. Um, Morgan and Ricky come out with penicillin just in time to rejoin the others and watch some random guy be dragged to his death. Yeah, who was this guy? Like he's just. Looking at them. <laughs> he just like comes out and they're like, what the? And then he just got got. And that was that. <laughs> but he's being dragged slowly. It's not like you see one guy just like looks and then drags quick. Like he's being dragged slowly, looking them right in the eyes. Can you imagine like coming across a man being dragged to his death? But it's, it takes place over the course of minutes where you have to stare into his eyes. It's Imagine watching somebody get dragged to their death, but it's the uh, the steamroller scene in Austin Powers. Right. <laughs> or it's or just being... slow, slow. Or the, 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 um, the bulldozer scene in Death Machines. Right, right. <laughs> imagine the guy in the phone booth makes eye contact with you. <laughs> and you're just standing there like, uh... <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, we're back at the army base. And Joe, guess who shows up? Helicopter lands, Colonel Keith David arrives. Don't know his name in the movie, don't care. It's Keith David, baby. Colonel Keith David. Colonel Keith David. Uh, Blue Shirt has intel that they are, that there are survivors in the area, but no reports. They have teams in the area, but not their but not their teams. The hunters are vigilantes, but the army's been providing them resources. What kind of bush league operation is this? It exactly. Really, it really feels like Blue Shirt and the and and Seagal had some sort of like off the off the books agreement, and Blue Shirt's just like giving up the ghost the first the first chance he gets. Like like he's like, oh god, my boss is here. I gotta tell him everything. Yeah. Well, we find out this guy's in the State Department. Um, blue what, shirt. What state department? Society is gone, Joe. What state department? Why do we need the state department if there's no state? And how do they have resources that matter at this point? Like, what are they supposed? What resources? To Bunch of paper money that makes no difference. Yeah, they have the IRS is going to help out in the zombie apocalypse. Right. Um, blue shirt's name is Mr. Cross, and he works for the state department. Colonel Keith David points out. That the infected go indoors during the day. So you know where this is headed. They're going to sterilize the area. Which means they're going to blow it up. Yeah, Joe. They mostly come out at night. Mostly. mostly. <laughs> uh, I love the term. This term sterilized just keeps coming up. Like, Dude. It's it's so. It's the perfect like military term for it. Like, like instead of just bomb it to kingdom come. Let's sterilize it. Let's sterilize. But, make it clean. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, uh, blue shirts like, hey, we got people there, and he's like, don't care, <laughs> don't care, bomb it. Well, he don't also care. says we know the zombies go indoors at, at during the day. So um, really, it would be better for them to wait until the day. Yeah, why aren't they doing this during the day? I don't understand. You'd see where they are. 
Yeah, blow, they're in the, they're in the buildings. Just wait until the daytime. And humans know that they're they go inside in the daytime. So in theory, that means humans should go out at during the daytime. So that would make it easier to see the humans. So he shouldn't be pushing for dawn as the last line of defense on this. Yeah, you wait until they're in these buildings and then you bomb the buildings they're in. It's so easy. Uh, but not for Colonel Keith David. He says we're gonna sterilize the area. Then Mr. Cross says, Lieutenant, uh, they busted him right down to Lieutenant pretty fast. <laughs> he went State from Colonel to Lieutenant. State Department's really uh pushing his weight around here. He's got he's got button he's uh he's got a direct line to whatever remains of the presidency. Right. So he's like, I'm the president now. I was 4,567th in line, and 4,666 people died ahead of me. Um, so anyway, Colonel Keith David smacks his ass back in line and says, we're doing this, whether you yeah. like it or not. Is this when he sets the timeline of Dawn? Yeah. Okay, so this is when I, this part is when I realized the whole military operation is pointless. It's completely unnecessary because they don't survive because of the because of the military. The military doesn't intervene to help them. The military yeah. only serves to put a time like a deadline on them getting out of the hospital, which yeah. they've already established with the fact that the generator goes off at dawn. They now have yeah. two deadlines that are identical. The military did not need to exist at all. Except well, the scenes in the in between don't matter. Like, when we find out that they're going to bomb this place at dawn, okay, we yeah. don't need any more scenes until you do it or don't do it. Yeah, we don't need anything else. Like, yeah, because then they'll go back to the military and they're like, we still bombing him at dawn? He's like, yep. He's like, I don't think you should do that. He's like, I'm going to do that. He's like, I don't think that's a good idea. Back to the hospital. Right. <laughs> at, like, four more times. Yeah, yeah. Just to get Keith David some more lines. Which, honestly, I'm not mad at. I wish they just threw him into the middle of this group. I wish he was the black man. He was the. I wish he had the Night of the Living Dead. Uh, I don't remember the character's name. Role John something. I wish he was just the leader of this group of, of idiots that I they wish all he was, die. I wish he was Ricky. Played the exact same way. Right. Just Keith David stoned out of his mind. <laughs> what am I doing? In this garbage. Um, I do have theories though. When you see guys like this that show up in, like, only a few scenes in these shitty movies, that they had no idea what the movie was. Yeah. Like, well, he, if you, yeah. yeah, if you think about it, Keith David could... There's Is there any reference to, like, zombies or anything? Or they just talk about they go inside infected. at night? The infected, yeah. So Keith David doesn't really... He is completely disconnected from the rest of this movie. This is a completely separate movie. He thinks he's in World War Z, too. It would be really great if at the end of the movie, like, it pulls out from the hospital and it, like, zooms out and it zooms into a completely different city. And that's the city that the military is bombing. It has nothing to do with with, <laughs> with the hospital or anything. Because it might as well have been. Yeah, it's just, like, mission accomplished, boys. <laughs> like, we did it. We did it. Um, so the hospital, uh, we're back at the hospital. There's lots of wandering in the dark. The crew discovers a paint can on a table under a sheet that they thought was a body. Uh, and again, another ineffective jump scare. Yeah. Ricky says, that would have been funny if it wasn't so goddamn scary. 
I think he's underestimating how not funny and not scary it actually was. I was going to say, it was neither. It was neither, man. And Joe, do you know what room they're in? Is this, uh, this isn't the mannequin room yet. No, they're in the morgue. If oh, I'm yeah. in a hospital <laughs> during the zombie apocalypse, and I know every room, because apparently they know where every room is, there is one room I'm definitely not going to. And, and it's, it's the morgue. The morgue. <laughs> I'm taking like, as far away from that as I can. That's either the place where they're being created or the cafeteria for the zombies. Yes. There is nothing good that can come from going to the morgue in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> also, why would you be shocked if it was a body and you're in the morgue? Yeah. It's it's like going to the kitchen and like opening the fridge. And you're like, oh, my God, there's roast turkey in there. There's milk in here. <laughs> there's milk in here. It's like that's exactly what it's actually weirder that there's a paint can under a sheet in the morgue than, than, there, than if there was a body who put that there um three zombies then pop out and uh the group is split up into two two groups mm-hmm. morgan's leadership skills are finally put to the test and he responds by barricading amelia ricky and dylan in the room with the zombies yep he's like well that's not my problem uh, all three escape. Then Amelia compliments Morgan as a tough guy, but non-sarcastically. They're like, he's a tough guy. He's a really good leader. You see the way he almost killed us all back there? Yeah. He was decisive in the way that he tried to sacrifice us to the zombies. He thinks on his toes, man. He, I'm sure he's going to be okay. No um, problem there. So the hunters in Seagal come across the body hanging room and they kill some zombies in there. And scene. Yep. They again, Seagal gave him 20 minutes, and they had to just intersperse it out through the whole movie. Right. Uh, Dylan, we're back to Dylan. He oh wants, wait, wait, wait a second. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, they so they show like Seagal with his sword, his katana. They show Taggart with his like wrist swords, and then they so show curly haired woman, and she just kicks a zombie. <laughs> she just kicks a zombie like. And the, the one woman they keep showing the glamour shot of her throwing her throwing her duster back and grabbing the thigh the thigh blades to kill zombies with, and then the other woman literally just zo- kicks a zombie. Is she? She's the first one that dies when they start yes. dropping. Right? Yes, she is. She is useless. And in a group of hunters, she is useless. Right, right, right. This was uh, also the scene, Joe. By the way, every person in this movie, with I have to say, every person in the hospital, and I have to say with the caveat, with the exception of the child. Mm-hmm. is a conventionally attractive person. Except for Steven Seagal. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> Everybody is attractive in this movie except Steven Seagal. Except for and, Steven Seagal. I mean, you say the caveat of the kid, but it's a good-looking kid. It's like a child actor. Like a yeah, good-looking child actor. Yeah, that, and it's like, it's like, dude, do not surround yourself with attractive people. One of them is the stunt double for The Rock. Do not put yourself next to The Rock's stunt double if you can help it. And pretending to be the alpha of the group. Like, yeah. like you're going to be the alpha of a dude who's as big as The Rock. It's a stuck pig, The Rock stunt double, and two models. Right. I don't think these women are actresses. They look oh. like models. Dude, they're supermodels. They're honestly. both like six feet tall, super skinny. Like, I think these are supermodels. And, they're like and, Russian supermodels, too, because they do not say anything throughout this movie. Yeah. And that's, a that's I think, yep, this was one of the movies that Steven Zagala started to make movies in Romania. Ah, uh, there we go. <laughs> so this is, yeah, because everybody in this movie has 
a slight weird accent that you can't quite tell what it is. Right. Yeah. Forced English. Um, Dylan, we flash back to Dylan, though, and he wants to wash his hands after touching three zombies. But Ricky says he's just freaking out because of all the running around. I think Ricky thinks that everyone is as stoned as he is. (laughs) Ricky's like, it's all right, man. It's like, if you really think about it, we're the real monsters. Yeah, he's the one that started that conversation. Yeah. It's like, yes, Ricky, you told us. Thank you. Thank you, Ricky. Yeah, but I just like the idea of, like, a stone guy being like, no, 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 he's cool. He's cool. He just needs to mellow out. He's cool. It's all right, man. No, the zombie, he just, you know, the zombie, he got a little high. He just needs to chill out. It'll be fine. It'll be cool. It'll be cool. Um, He says he has the munchies. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Do you want some Taco Bell zombie? (laughs) Maybe some Burger King? Uh, Dylan walks in on a long-haired guy, different long-haired guy. Tommy Wiseau. It's Tommy Wiseau. Uh, and he's just standing in the corner of this bathroom, which, fair enough, is the creepiest part of this movie so far. <laughs> just, this is the only part where it's like, oh, what is this? What is like, going on? Everything else, I was like, okay, okay. And then I was like, what is this guy's deal? What is he doing? You just imagine walking into a bathroom and there's just like this pale, long haired guy who then like turns to you. <laughs> Joe, that wait, you don't have the night attendant in your bathroom at home? No, no, I don't. There's, wait, there's a pale, long haired guy that's in my bathroom every night. Oh, well. He says he's the night attendant. That's You should, you should that's probably get someone to check that out. <laughs> Solve that for you. That seems bad. Um, so long haired guy asks if Dylan's infected. I don't think he's talking about the zombie virus. (laughs) Bug chaser. Uh, long hair wants to join them. He wants to join their group. Yeah. Then Ricky finds a compartment they can hide in and then says they got to get out of there, which is weird. (laughs) Like, did you see that? He like moves the trash can or something. There's a compartment. He's like, we got to get out of here. And then Amelia's like, uh-huh. Like, yeah. What? This is, this is like visual gibberish. <laughs> um, then Longhair is seen dragging unconscious Dylan through the hall with blood and guts everywhere. And then we flash to Morgan. And Morgan is still trying to play Alpha. So Morgan says, I'm sorry, I know I just said like three scenes there, but they're quick cuts back and forth. This movie... Visual gibberish, okay? Yeah. Just And don't forget, all these cuts, a lot of these cuts have the zombie <sighs> between them. Yeah. It's meant to be more disorienting than horrifying. Yeah. Um. So then Morgan is still trying to play Alpha. And Morgan says, you guys, you guys stay here. Like I always say, if you hear anything, run like hell and leave everyone else behind. That's what I like, said. <laughs> like he always said. Ride and die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, speed off or die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing in this movie is nobody is loyal to anybody else. As soon as it hits the fan, everybody scatters. Well, Morgan is like the establisher of this rule. He's like, yeah. look, if anybody gets in trouble, we run. <laughs> we just scatter. 
But the thing is, is everybody is always, like I said earlier, everybody is always just around the corner from everybody else. It start as yeah. things start to spiral out of control, everybody is only 20 steps away from any other person, but they're completely isolated. Close enough where if they just called out down a hall, somebody like, oh, okay, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> but every time they're running and they round a corner, they're like, oh, thank God it's you. Thank God. Uh, so Morgan comes across four zombies eating a naked body. And the woman has a stupid look on her face. <laughs> like, like I, I, it's some housewife, like some Beverly Hills housewife that just has these like thin lips and like big eyelashes. And just like, she's just kind of like, she's like, oh, okay, of course this is happening to me. This is so me to get be, become a zombie buffet. <laughs> right. <laughs> FML, um, am I right? Hashtag am I right, ladies? <laughs> Hashtag corpse life. So the zombie, oh, a zombie then grabs Morgan from behind while he's watching. And, oh, and Dorothy and Charlie are watching as well. And they run off. (laughs) Hey, they stuck to Morgan's rule. They stuck to the plan. Morgan's rule. (laughs) They all live by Morgan's rule. Um, uh, Dorothy then trips and falls while she runs because she's blonde remember of course yes this is blonde in a horror movie of course she was going to fall at some point i just said all these people are cowards <laughs> uh zombies pin morgan to the ground and he gets saved by a real man steven seagal, steven seagal. as Fine. it was happening i wrote i bet steven seagal saves him and guess what happens joe steven seagal with two in. i wrote i wrote two kicks and a slice Yes, 45 minutes into this hour and a half movie, Steven Seagal has arrived on the scene. Um, Dorothy has lost her memory from a bump on the head. So Charlie has to remind her what a craven coward her boyfriend is. And she cries. This is one of two times in the movie where something happens and then the character goes, what happened? And then another character has to explain to them what just happened. But it's such a weird, like, she literally just, like, biffs, which we've seen everybody do. <laughs> yeah. And we're to believe that she hit her head so hard she has amnesia now? Just for a split second. <laughs> just quickly. Just split second. You know that that transient amnesia that just, like, you have it, and then, like, a little girl is like, oh, here's what happened. You're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. I got it. Okay. Well, let me fill you in on your entire life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do like the fact that, like, the girl has to tell her that her boyfriend's a coward. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. the, that's the important thing to remember. She's like, oh, God. <laughs> this little girl tells the people exactly what she thinks about him. <laughs> right. Um, Mr. Cross, we get him again. Oh, boy. And he sends a search helicopter into the area off the record. Do you know Does what this anything come of it? This wouldn't have happened in Flight of Fury, Joe, because that guy needs paperwork. That's to right. Do any, to do anything that the that the higher ups don't want to do, he needs paperwork to get it done. So there's Jeff, nothing. There, in the book. there would have been a half hour conversation on paperwork. On paperwork, yeah. And then the lieutenant would be like having a bad day. He'd be like, "None of your concern, lieutenant." Yeah, you stay in line, lieutenant. <laughs> know your lane. Um. Charlie tells the scariest story she's ever heard, and it goes like this. 
So there was this plane with a bunch of passengers aboard. The plane crashes. I don't really remember why, but a few of the passengers somehow survived the crash. Dorothy says, the cannibal story, right? Eventually, all the survivors start disappearing one by one. Charlie says, you've heard the story? Dorothy says something like that. Charlie Bone, pref- bone chilling. Yeah. Just up top tier, just like horrifying, just like you feel it in your toes. That's the dialogue. kind of story when you hear it, scary story that when you hear it, you remember it for years. You tell it's like, people. It's like the girl with the spiders in her face. It's right yeah. there on par with it. Right but on. Joe... Where did Charlie learn this story? Some kid in school. Oh, she said some kid. I just heard in school. I thought they were like, all right, kids, today's lesson is the plane that crashed and cannibalism. (laughs) What class did she learn this in? I do like the idea of like somebody who like found their way into teaching accidentally and hates the job and resents it. It's just like constantly trying to get fired. So she teaches her kids about cannibalism like it's a history teacher and it's like the syllabus is like the cannibal story like jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> like she's right. just trying to just like just trying to get fired to get that severance package totally totally um but yeah worst story of all time also what the fuck is dorothy doing cutting off her story that's so shitty yeah just let the kid talk man um seagal and hunter's Kill the zombies eating the naked woman. Yeah, so Dor- we cut back. We cut back to the zombie buffet. Yeah. Dorothy is snatched by by a zombie, but she knees him in the nuts and stomps his face. Yeah, she face stomps him like crazy. And they didn't even show it. Like, this is... Like, if you're going to have a zombie, like, show him get stomped out. Like, they show one kick. That was clearly a, a prosthetic. It was clearly a fake face. Yeah. Go all the way. Go all the way. Totally, totally. Um, Because that's what horror is about. Like, you know, shitty horror movie, just, like, show the gore. Don't don't try to put it off screen. We want the gore. Yeah. Joe, it's like the American populace in the 2000 presidential election. Jeff, not political. Joe, Um, they wanted wanted gore. Oh, there we go. (laughs) You're just making a terrible joke. My apologies. Yes. (laughs) Um... So Dorothy, oh, we should say Charlie's run off at this point because the shit is fan. <laughs> if anything happens, everybody just it's like it's like eight year olds. They're playing baseball and like the ball goes through somebody's window. Somebody yeah. just scatter. Everybody scatters. It, it also defeats the entire purpose of staying together. Yeah. Like like when you make a plan to stay together. All right, guys, we're staying together. There's an implicit rule there that like. When shit hits the fan, you don't scatter. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, all it does is just, if you don't stick together when it hits the fan, it's just creating conflict. It's just creating drama. It's just an inconvenience then (laughs) until the shit hits the fan. I hate drama. Hashtag no drama. Hashtag mommy life. Hashtag corpse life. Hashtag corpse life. (laughs) She drinks a a, a vodka fresca or whatever the fuck. (laughs) A blood e-mary. There you go. Um, yeah, so the skull. Uh, oh, no, I already got this. Dorothy looks for Charlie, but she ran off just like Morgan taught her to. She followed the rules. You can't get mad at her. 
Morgan's rule. Uh, Dylan strapped to a hospital chair. That's the mm-hmm. next scene. And that's mm-hmm. the end of the scene. Yep. Uh, Colonel Keith David is back and he wants a rundown of the area. Uh, here's the rundown. There are zombies there, but also probably hunters. So what he already knew. Colonel Keith David gives cross until dawn to get the hunters, which he already did, by the yeah. way. <laughs> but he's reminding they, him he has till dawn. They keep having the same scene. And by the way, we've already established that they're three hours from dawn. Yeah, it's he's like, a... Sh- <laughs> It's like Keith David is walking into a tent, having a conversation with Cross, walking out, turning around, coming back around and having the same conversation with 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 Cross. Yeah, no, I figured it out. So the makers of this movie are assuming that people are getting up to leave and then tripping and then bumping their head. <laughs> so they're like, oh, what happened? And so oh, I need to David sit down. <laughs> so they just sit down and in one row back like three <laughs> people that came just move a row back every time they they trip um so yeah um oh yeah he's giving him till dawn to get the hunters and the survivors out and then he's sterilizing the area yeah cuz there's no vaccine there's no vaccine again joe did they try hydroxychloroquine yeah. Have you tried bleach? <laughs> Have you tried drinking bleach? It might work. Uh, char- uh, you won't be a zombie. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you there you go. You definitely won't be a zombie at that. That's point. a real monkey's paw. Like, hey, drink this bleach. You won't be a zombie. Okay. <laughs> I know your game. <laughs> I'm going to inject the bleach. <laughs> uh, Loophole, char- buddy. <laughs> Charlie looks around a corner and oops, there's a bloody skeleton there. What happened there? <laughs> I, what? What? It kind process, of looks burned, right? Yeah. What process led to that flayed body being laid there? I have like, no idea. <laughs> like, did the zombies make like human chicharrones and we're like going to come back for that later? Like, Maybe. What is the plan there? What is happening? But the eyes are gone. It's not like your standard flayed, like, corpse where there's certain parts that are still there. It's just a skeleton they covered in blood. Do you know what? Here, I'm going to guess for uh, why it's there. Um, they were able to get it for free, and so they put it in the hospital. Yes. Um, jump cut, for some reason, to her still walking around. So it jump cuts with the zombie, like, you know? To back to Charlie. We were just on Charlie looking at a skeleton. Yeah. And then it jump cuts to her just walking. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Uh, then she goes to take a nap. Weirdest first, part no, of the whole first, movie. No, first she goes to hide, and oh boy, there's a severed head there. And then she's just like, she find, sees like a box with like a blanket next to it, and she's like, this is probably a good place to take a nap as, as much cool. as anywhere else. Set up. Yeah. And she just sits down, takes a nap, and whoopsie-daisy, zombie guy. Who was just, like, hiding. He was just, like, hiding behind, like, I think it was a, what, a stack of boxes? Yeah. He just, like, slowly moves out. Everybody in this movie has the worst situational awareness. You're in a zombie hospital. Nobody looks around corners. Nobody checks through doors before they go through them. People are taking naps in hallways without checking their surroundings. Right. After yeah. seeing a head jammed into the wall and a bloody skeleton sitting on the wall. Yeah. But also, like, she doesn't even hide her head. 
This is no attempt to hide. She's out in the open, leaned up against the wall with her face completely unexposed. Yeah, she doesn't even like put the blanket over her head. This is like, I've seen guys, when I did basketball tournaments, I've seen guys make this pose up against the side of the bleachers to take a nap. Like, that's what it is. She just kind of just like leans against the wall a little bit and just like, this will work. This is fine. Right. Um, So he, this zombie comes up to her and tries to bite her neck, but Seagal saves her. Seagal says, have you been bitten or infected? Charlie says, uh, she shakes her head and says, who are you? Seagal says, my name is Tao. (laughs) Rock music. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wrote hot riff. Hot riff. 51 minutes into the movie. (laughs) We we get to find out that Seagal's name is Tao. And he gets, yeah, Tao. Doesn't look like a Tao. So Steven Seagal is white. He's also African-American. He's also Asian. Cajun. We know he's Cajun. Cajun. Uh, he has, he also has in some roles, we didn't watch him. He has a vaguely Eastern European thing going on sometimes. Slightly uh, Filipino cause he, or not Filipino, uh, Latino cause he calls people Cabron. Cabron. He, he's a man of the world, Joe. There is a, a film out there. We haven't gotten to it yet. I'm sure where he just says essay over and over and over and over. <laughs> We um, watch all Seagal movies till we find that movie. Seagal movies only. <laughs> Brawloween is canceled. Nick Cage November is canceled. Everything is canceled till we find the movie where Steven Seagal says essay all the time. I also imagine he has the thick bandana. Yes. He walks with the he walks with the crip limp, and he's got Cholo he, walk. <laughs> yeah, he's got the he's got the uh, the uh, pullover, the flannel pullover with just the top <laughs> button button. <Button. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. And he goes, um, he goes, don't you know I'm loco? <laughs> hey, Ese, don't you know I'm loco? <laughs> um, Amelia leaves Ricky in the stairwell, even though he's totally freaking out right now. Which we didn't talk about. One of the things that were going to be a big problem in this movie was all the stairwells were welded shut. And then throughout this movie, they're just going in and out of stairwells the whole movie. Yeah, who thinks that it takes three hours to get to another level when the stairwells are there? (laughs) Joe, ten seconds. Joe, maybe they have really bad cardiovascular shape. They're in real bad. They can go like three steps and then they're just like wheezing. Oh, dude, no doubt it takes Seagal three hours to get up and down a stairs. That's that. That's their like. uh, So so you know in um in Beyond the Law, Steven Seagal was like. What's a Nintendo? We gotta cut this from the script. Originally, the script said it'll take us an hour to get upstairs, and Steven Seagal was like, "What's the problem with that? Isn't that how long it takes?" <laughs> uh, make three hours sound normal. <laughs> uh, so Amelia leaves Ricky in the stairwell. Uh, then we get a cre- oh, the creepy long-haired guy, Tommy Wiseau, is in surgical scrubs, and he wants Dylan to meet his daughter. This relationship is moving way too fast. Dude, I know. Like, if 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 he's got kids, like, three, maybe four dates before you even bring up the kids. Like, totally. To, like, be like, hey, maybe you should meet, you know. I understand your daughter is very important to you, but you can't move this fast. You're going to scare people away. And that's oh. why you're still single. Hashtag mommy life. Hashtag, Hashtag. life. <laughs> Hashtag living in a hospital. <laughs> uh. 
Dr. Longhair breaks it down. People either run or die or become a zombie. Those are the three outcomes. Some people run and die and then become a zombie. He left that part out. <laughs> Some true. people do all three. He acts like it's an either-or situation. Some people hit the trifecta. Uh, the doctor's daughter, Sophie, comes in. We get her name immediately. <laughs> yeah, everybody else was in this movie for at least a half hour before we got their their name. And then they're like, oh, this is my daughter, Sophie. Her full name is Sophia. I like to call her Sophie. My wife, Rachel, she's unfortunately passed on. By the way, my name is James. Her And her brother, Jimbo, he stays here as well. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, so the daughter starts groping Dylan's leg. And she's like eight years old. <laughs> Very creepy. Yeah, she, she goes up to it and she like squeezes it. Like, like, like up she's, and down the leg. Yeah, but it's like she's... I do, I don't know a better way to describe this. Like she's got a tenderloin and she's just like trying to just like tenderize it. Yeah. She's feeling up and down the, the, um, yeah. Up and down his uh, thigh or not his thigh. Calf. Calf. Yeah. It's very, it's very creepy. Yes. But not Uh, in the way they intended. It's not like intentionally creepy. It's like, what are you doing? Little girl. What are you doing? Yeah. I can't even put, put words on it. Like, like, what would you do if some kid just started, like, feeling your leg? Yeah. Not, you know, but, there's what what feeling goes with that? Like, is it anger? Is it, it's, I think it's like, hey, stop that. Cut it out. <laughs> um, the doctor explains that his daughter is infected, but able to rationalize and somehow keeps him from ingesting infected blood or something. I don't, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. It feels like there's like three minutes cut from this storyline. Because he's yeah. like, this is my daughter. Some He's like, some people go crazy. But somehow I keep my daughter from not going crazy. Also, she's going to feel up your leg a little bit. <laughs> and it, 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 there's something missing. Well, but then he's like, she keeps me alive. She keeps me from drinking infected blood, which is weird. Like, is I, it, does she just sit there? Like, <laughs> You know what it is? He has short-term memory loss as well, and so he's. But he really likes Clamato, so he'll like <laughs> he'll go to grab a glass or a beaker of blood, and his daughter, who's a zombie but also able to rationalize, has yes. to go, "Dad, that's blood," and you go, "Oh my God, you're right." Thank you, <laughs> thank you, daughter. Um, Dorothy. Then finds Ricky passed out in the stairwell, and they take off. So, zombies just, just pop out of, Zombies just pop around corners. Zombies just do this. But we've had a character just go to sleep, and we have in another the, character just pass out in the stairwell, and nothing bad happens to them. Well, zombies Don't, avoid stairwells because they're uncoordinated. So that was the smart place to sleep, not the hallway, like idiot Charlie, a dumb child. She doesn't know yet. Uh, Amelia comes across Tao, who is Seagal. I don't know why I called him Tao there. (laughs) It's just Steven Seagal. And the Hunters, who have Charlie. Uh, Seagal asks how many of them there are, and she says six. We're an hour in, and no one's died in this piece of shit. This is the exact moment where I realize she's like, there's six of us. I'm like, no, there can't. Oh my God! You're right. There are six. There, are, you're all still alive. 
in a fucking horror movie. A horror movie, not just a horror movie, a zombie movie. People die fast in zombie movies. That's the way this works. That's the point of zombie movies. It's not to have people walk around and just, you know, wax poetic for a while. It's to have people die. Totally. Gruesomely. Um, Amelia tells Tao (laughs) about the generator. Uh, There's a generator, you know. (laughs) Of course. There's a generator. I don't know if you knew, but there's a generator in this movie. Um, uh, Seagal says... When's the generator going to run out of power? A dawn. Oh, okay, good. Is there so that establishes the the end point of the movie? They don't need to have a whole nother plot line establishing the end point of the movie as dawn. From dusk till dawn, baby. Okay. Ooh. Uh, Tau. That would be a great movie to do, although it's not bad enough. But that is a fun movie. It's a fun movie, but it's too good. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so Tau also Seagal, uh, says, guys, gotta go. I'll send my people with you. Amelia says. And what are you going to do? And Skull says, I'm going hunting. More rock music. That's his, his whole his whole theme. Is just, That's his outro to any line. <laughs> it's 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 uh, Steven Skull was like, hey, uh, I, I, I made this sweet riff. Because don't forget he plays guitar. This oh. might be his this might be his riff. Don't you forget. Don't you remember all of Skull September? We went on a sweet jazz riffs. He can also play two characters in the same movie as long as one of them is a jazz singer on stage. No, he can play, no do not undersell him. He can play two characters in the same scene, Joe. <laughs> Seamlessly. And Joe, I'm going to tell you right now, okay? Uh-huh. You keep doing this. You do not have to call him Tao. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to call him Seagal then. You're, you're not, because calling him Tao is ridiculous. You do not it, have to do that. It is confusing, because people may think there's an Asian man in this movie, and there is not. <laughs> no, it is Steven Seagal. But because he has a katana in this, he is Asian. By yes. Seagal law. By Seagal law. Yeah. Although he had a kimono in, in Glimmer Man, and his name was still... Who, who knows? Was it was it, Seagal then, too. <laughs> was, he, was he Frank's... Was he Sands in that movie? What was his no. name in... No, Sands was Flight of Fury. He was Cole. Cole, yes. Detective Cole. Um, <laughs> yes. So, someone get Ricky some water. He's cool. He just needs some water. <laughs> He's cool. It's all right, guys. No. Do you guys have a bed where you could lay down? It's all right. No, 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 no. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. No. Don't call 911. No. Don't, he's, don't worry. Done this before. Well, definitely don't take him to the mannequin room because that's where they take him. Joe, that classical room, that classic room in every hospital, the mannequin room. Jeff, how easy would this have been to just make these CPR dolls? Why do they have to be mannequins? Budget. Joe, how many days in your life do you think you've spent in a hospital? Tons. I've spent, I've realized, I've spent probably all told in my life, probably about three weeks to a month in a hospital, okay? Yeah. I have not seen a single mannequin. Well, that's what I was going to say. I've never even been checked into a hospital. I've just wandered around a hospital looking for my friends or my family. Did you ever, did you come across the mannequin room, Joe? I've never come across a mannequin. Yes. (laughs) A single mannequin. But this hospital apparently has a whole storage room, not only for mannequins, but empty Tupperware containers stacked on, on his. 
there's a shot of Ricky where he's like tripping balls because of the mannequins and stuff. And behind him is just stacked up empty Tupperware just to fill the shelves between these mannequins. <laughs> Such a weird room. Um, he also. also yeah. Why do the mannequins have nipples, Joe? I don't know. Why do any mannequins have nipples? It's so bizarre. Um, so he sees a zombie as he's walking through the mannequins. Mm-hmm. Uh, who lets him go because he thinks he's just one of them. <laughs> like yeah, he's wandering. He's just, uh, yeah. Um, and, but unfortunately, Ricky ruins this by tripping over shit and freaking out. So <laughs> they all pop out and grab him and eat him. Yeah, he really blows the uh, blows the plan here. Yeah, he had the act down by just, like, being confused. Uh, Dorothy then watches... And then runs, of course. Uh, we got our first kill, Jeff. He gets ripped apart and eaten by zombies. Finally. Over an hour in. We finally get there. Uh, Morgan asks, we're back to Morgan. Morgan asks why they're following Seagal, which is the first valid point brought up in this movie. It's like, why aren't we following Taggart? He's bigger and he's a badass. <laughs> he's smarter. <laughs> Uh, they're like, Tiger doesn't say anything. Exactly. <laughs> He's smarter. <laughs> they're like, uh, have, did you hear what, did you hear what Tao said? We already, let's, let's do process of elimination here as to who is smarter. Right. He's smart enough to know he doesn't know <laughs> enough to speak. Uh, Dorothy discovers the computer that has the countdown and the code black warning about 30 minutes until I am not sure. Another timeline. On top of a timeline, on top of a timeline that all end at the same point. But what is this timeline? What comes in 30 minutes? Code Black. Which is? Code Black. The backup generator kicks in? Isn't that what it said? Joe, it's Code Black. I don't know how I could be clearer here. It's true. I guess I should Oh, you know what I think it is? Okay. You know what I think it is? It's Code Black. Code Black. Which, by the way, she sees the the computer in the reflection of a motorcycle helmet that's just sitting there next, like, as close to the monitor as it can get. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so right on cue, Colonel Keith David is getting bitched out over the phone by his superior, who is pissed that he's not blowing up the area fast enough. Yeah. Uh, after they've established a timeline, they've already agreed to a timeline. It's going to happen, but his superiors are mad it's not happening now. Um, he relays that order, and here's what he says. Nobody wants these survivors pulled out more than me, but I, we have our orders. Is that clear? I can think of one guy who wants them pulled out more than him. <laughs> At least one. At least one guy, yeah. Uh, then we flash back to Dr. Longhair. Tommy was so type and he's getting ready to take a surgical saw to Dylan's head. But Seagal and the hunters burst in and he reacts with pure annoyance is the only way to describe this. He's just, he says, who the fuck are you? And what do you want? <laughs> he's sitting there with a surgical saw ready to take a guy's head off. Um, Tao says, or, I'm sorry. Seagal says, 
I'm the motherfucker that's going to do to you what you've been doing to everybody else. That's and right. What is that exactly? <laughs> he's going to he's going to feed him to uh, his daughter. <laughs> um Yeah, so the doctor picks up a butcher knife to defend himself, which is not a surgical tool. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not I feel like you could find a lot of cutting implements in a hospital before you got to butcher knife. I don't think you would find a butcher knife unless you were in the cafeteria. <laughs> um but he immediately gets shotgun blasted in the chest. Um Tao saves Dylan. Dylan thanks him. Then Tao points to the little girl and the woman hunter this is great. The woman hunter creeps towards her bizarrely with the knife pointed outward from her chest. Do yeah. you see this? There's, Jeff, there are maybe 10 different ways you can hold a knife. Yeah, this is not one of them. This is the exact wrong. Like, if you were shown in, like, a, if you were a chef or you were going to, like, Cordon Bleu and yeah. had, like, a chart of, like, how to hold a knife. This is one with one of the X's, one They're of the red lines. It. Yeah, she holds it like, but I think she's doing the like, she can't bring herself to kill a little girl. So she's like, I'm just going to walk forward with this knife and whatever happens, happens. Here if we go. To, if she gets stabbed with it, so be it. I'm walking forward with a knife. Really, if she gets stabbed, it's like she wanted to get stabbed. Um, To be fair, the girl doesn't move. She just stands there and watches it come <laughs> closer to her. She's pretty stupid. Uh, Dorothy's still walking around alone and gets surprised by a zombie who is hiding above her in the ceiling pipes, which I guess I would be surprised by too. I would not be checking the ceiling pipes for zombies. Yeah, that's not, um, well, we did learn earlier in the movie, we should be checking the pipes for zombies, I guess. When because they came, because they came out of the roof. They came oh, out of the yeah, they already descended a few times. Um, zombie chases her. Then she shuts the door with the broken window and the zombie starts talking to her through the broken window. And we find out they have sentience. Finally. Finally. I was, uh, I was, but I love that the zombie is smart and he can talk to these two dumb to just grab the pipe out of the, the door. Cause he can get through the window. He could just reach down and grab the pipe that she used. To... Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> Why is he reaching in it? Well, not everybody who can talk and reason is smart, I guess is what we're getting at here. Case in point, Steven Seagal. <laughs> but he can um, make a sweet guitar riff. Sure can. So the zombie says the following. What, and it's like in that weird demonic voice. <laughs> yeah, really, like, it seems like the zombie has, uh, you know, vital information that the mob wants. Yeah. Like, that the mob about the mob that they don't want to get out. Right, right, right. Uh, he says, what's the point of running anymore? Open the door. This nightmare can stop right here, right now. One of us is going to get you. Think. You've already given in. Us? We think. We talk. We plan. He makes a compelling point. They do sound more evolved than the humans in this movie. They, this is like the monologue in this movie. Except yeah. for the opening monologue, this is the most we hear from a character that like has like cohesion and coherence yeah. through like multiple sentences. It's like almost like a mini essay. There's like a theory, a thesis statement about it. Dude, totally. Dude, Jeff, this is one of like two speeches where like it feels like 
the writers think they hit a home run. Yeah. And this is a ground ball, weak ground ball back to the pitcher. This is, we talked about, you know, sometimes they make a scene and then they, uh, they build the movie around that scene. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this was the scene. Totally. Uh, So Dorothy just stares and doesn't move. And then he's like, uh, come closer. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, hey, hey, get here. I'll tell you a secret. Uh, Come closer. We've evolved. You people are just cattle to us. And then Dorothy's like, that's fucked up. And she runs (laughs) off. It's like, why would you say that? And the zombie just breaks the door down. Um, then we cut to Dylan, who finds Amelia, Morgan, and Charlie. Dylan says, I never thought I'd see you guys again. And I say, really? Because the odds are pretty good that you would. Yeah, everybody's just around the corner from each other in this movie. And all the hallways go to the same place, so. And nobody dies, so there's a pretty good chance you'll see them alive. Yep. Uh, it's a lot worse, he says. It's a lot worse than we thought. The change has already taken place. We really are the monsters now. Uh, I said, no, that doctor guy was a monster. You're just a Jesus freak who's annoying, but human. (laughs) Uh, Morgan says, what happened? And Dylan says, I don't know. There's just this freak. He was like one of us, but he wasn't. And then Seagal says, man, I seen that people do what they had to do to survive. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I said, God bless you, you fucking idiot. (laughs) He is the king of like, okay, sure. (laughs) All right. Uh, Dorothy then runs towards them screaming to, to run. And the zombie follows and Seagal just shoots it in the chest. Yep. Then we cut to the army base and Cross pleads with the officer to go against the colonel and not bomb the area. The officer orders an airstrike and we get some sweet bonus flight preparation scenes from Flight of Fury. The lieutenant. Yeah. First of all, stock. Our favorite part of these, this the stock footage is back. But Cross is pleading with this like just mid-level lieutenant to not go through with it. Mid-level lieutenant is like, he's not even looking him in the eye. He's just like looking next to him. He's just like waiting for him to talk. And then as soon as he's done talking, he's just stop. Yeah. He walks like five feet away and is like, all right, do the thing. (laughs) Like (laughs) Just paying him a little ear service. Just, um, but yeah. Uh, yes, that's funny. So I love the, (laughs) we get our flight preparation scenes. I love it. And it's guys sprinting. It's shot exactly the same too, like the exact same, like, like, like almost showing like what people would just, just the process of getting planes in the air. Um, Dorothy tells the group that Ricky's dead. We cut back to the hospital. Dorothy's telling the group that Ricky's dead and no one seems to care uh, because he's just a useless stoner. They're like, yeah. thank God. <laughs> um, Dorothy then comes to her senses and confronts Morgan about being a pussy. But he deflects and talks about how lucky he is. So she forgives him. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And and by the way, um, nobody cared. Like, nobody asked where Ricky was. Like, they'd been no. clearly walking for a while. And she's like, she brings it up like she's like, oh, I found a new, like, tilapia recipe. She's like, oh, by oh, the by way, the Rick, way. <laughs> Ricky, 
by the way, Ricky died. And he was like, well, I guess we, when it's your time, he said, if we don't get moving, we'll all end up the same way. Nobody cares. Nobody <laughs> cares. Life does not matter in this movie at all. Yeah, they're all envious. They're like, oh, he got out? Thank God. Must be, must be nice. Must be nice. Um, So, <laughs> Taggart. Uh, by the way, this should have ended the relationship, this thing before, where Morgan's like, you abandoned me. Or no, yeah. uh, Dorothy was like, you abandoned me to Morgan. And Morgan's like, oh, but I'm lucky you're back. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I'm so glad to have you here again. Okay, great, great. <laughs> ridiculous uh taggart clears an area of course in the loudest way possible <laughs> wait what is he do? he uses a machine gun oh yes no this is also where he uses the um grenade yeah uh, but he he kills a zombie but gets attacked by two other zombies kills both of them then grabs the gun machine gun but fails to hit any of the zombies and barricades the door but then he comes face to face with a boss zombie. <laughs> and Taggart says, what the fuck? And, and it, the only problem is the zombie is tall. Like, that's the only thing that. He's buff. Yeah, he's just big yeah, and buff. He's big and buff. And he's like acting like he's never seen a big buff like, man before. Yeah, anything like this before. Uh, but he's able to knock him down. Big buff boss zombie. And then he kills three more zombies. And then he blows up Boss Zombie with a grenade inserted into his chest. So what he does is he's kind of being pinned to the ground. And he takes a bottle and smashes it. And uses the broken bottle to scoop the grenade and shove it directly into the zombie's chest. It, was, it was really a, uh, a suicidal thing there for a second. If, if the end of the plan didn't happen, he was going to die. Like, he takes the grenade apart. And then, yes. like, he pulls the pin and then drops it. And I'm like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna sacrifice himself to save everybody. That's and then he, yeah. And then, then you he, realize that was not the plan. <laughs> not the plan at all. It was just he screwed it up in the middle. Right. Um, but this plan only really works if you're shoving it into them. So would, was he gonna try to shove it in the mouth? I guess. I guess that was his plan. But then the guy was still on top of him. Yeah, dude. That would be hard to get. A grenade in a zombie's mouth without getting bitten. <laughs> yeah, going for the mouth is not exactly the the uh, the move here. It's not the right entry point. Um, so now Taggart rejoins the crew and tells them to use the elevator. If the power fails, they're stuck because there's this generator, you know. It's going to go out in three hours from when, from before. But we've had no updates. There was a 30 minutes, which I guess is related the same way. Yeah, so it has to be with... This all must be happening within 30 minutes of that Code Black. I guess so. Which, Joe, don't forget, Code Black. It means Code Black. It means Code Black. Yes. It means Keith David's about to come on the screen. <laughs> oh, no. Um, two great exchanges occur right here. Dylan says, I want to see daylight again. And Seagal says, I want you to see daylight again. <laughs> okay, that's one. <laughs> that I rewound a couple times because this is an amazing it's not only okay, so what it is, so they're like they're they're standing around and they're like trying to figure out a plan. And the yeah. little girl, Charlie, is like, Is there are there places we can hide? And 
he just blurts out like borderline interrupts her. I want to see Dan again. It's like, <laughs> all right, dude, calm down, calm down. And, He's like, I want. And see- that was on the forefront of Seagal's mind as well. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I want you to see daytime again. It's fine. It's the like, only it's- thing. It's the only thing that ever mattered to me. Is <laughs> <laughs> make sure you specifically saw daylight again. <laughs> These other people can get fucked for all I care. Um, so Amelia says, "You're not guiding us." Uh, and because he's about to leave, and Skull yeah. says, "Well, the thing of it is, uh, we can't." He has this one of his classic. We're on movie five now. He does this all the time, where he's just spitballing a line. That's that's what I wrote too. He just like starts a line, and he just he just sees where it goes. Like he's yeah. him, and he just adds all kinds of extra work. He adds. He loves. He's the king of the unnecessary clause. The us. Yeah. <laughs> the pauses. It, it was because, uh, well, the thing of it is, is, uh, you know, uh, we kind of uh, have to do, have to do what, what we do. What we have to do. Yeah. And uh, we hunt and we kill and uh, and we move on. Yeah. Uh, so they get in the elevator and they see a dead man in a wheelchair and they freak out, panic. But then Taggart just goes in and wheels the body. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, this is what you do when you when this happens. You just take yeah, it. You just move it. You just move the dead guy. He just moves the dead guy in the wheelchair out of the elevator. And so they get in. They're like, oh, right. And one of the, and I think it's Blondie. Like, there's the dead guy. And then she's like, it's, she That's sees Amelia. Ricky. It's not Blondie. Amelia. It's yes. Amelia. She sees Ricky. And it's like, okay. Like, why? Why? Why in this one guy? I could see if it was like everyone you saw Ricky in him. Like, that would be a thing if, like, for a split second, every zombie she saw was Ricky. And then she, like, was like, oh, no, 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 it's another zombie. Because she could have this, like, mental thing where she thinks Ricky is coming to get her. But just doing it once makes it pointless. But also, that makes no sense for a few reasons. Why does she see Ricky? Because, A, we don't know that they have a previous... Like, we know they came into the hospital together, but we don't know how they're related or connected at all. Like, Ricky could have just been added to this group right before they got to the hospital. That's true. B, she didn't see Ricky die. The blonde girl did. That's why why you thought it was the blonde girl. Yeah. But it's Amelia. (laughs) Joe. 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 Uh, Yeah, I kept expecting this corpse to, like, reanimate. It didn't happen. What a missed opportunity. <laughs> Wait, who gets the girl? I want, One of the Seagal's girls gets got. We I don't get the, to see because it's just like arms that come and grab okay, her. Okay, I thought it was the, the, the guy. So this is just a dead guy in the elevator. He's not a zombie. Just I, a dead guy. I thought he got her. You know what he was? He was that unlucky bastard that like couldn't move, like invalid, who was like, he got stuck in the elevator. An elevator, and then the apocalypse happened, and the nurse is like, "Fuck this!" Like, I'm out. Bails. Um, yeah. So the woman hunter is grabbed, as you said before, and dragged away by a zombie as the elevator doors close. Yeah, and Joe, she cried out, right? No, Charlie says she didn't even scream, but she did scream, Joe. She did. <laughs> But Charlie's like, she didn't even make a noise at all. <laughs> but she was like, ah! Oh my God, Jesus Christ. Somebody did something. It just Please closes. help me. And then Charlie's like, 
boy, she didn't even call out for help or anything. She's, she's like banging on the thing, like, please help me, let me back in. And Charlie's like, wow, she died so quietly and stoically. So brave. Oh my god, they're eating my leg. There's a little girl here. She's just feeling it. <laughs> she's just feeling the leg. I don't think she's a zombie. <laughs> um, that'd be great if that creepy little girl wasn't even a zombie. She just felt <laughs> like a little girl. This is just her excuse to play out her sick eight-year-old fantasy of feeling people's legs. Tom, Dr. Tommy Wiseau was just going to cut the leg off so she had something to play with. Right. Um, so the elevator starts moving and uh, the power shuts off. And they're stuck. Joe, code Who black. Who could have predicted that? Joe, it's code black. Is this code black? Is this what's happening in code black? I, I don't know. This is Code Black. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm with Black. it. Now they are against the dark, Joe. Now they're fighting against the dark. So they open a hatch, and Morgan volunteers to go out down in a futile attempt to save some face. Uh, he starts the elevator, but falls into the water at the bottom of the shaft. Uh, he's fine, except for the zombie that drowns him. <laughs> what? Joe, why is there water in the bottom of this elevator shaft? Uh, pipe burst. Uh, I'll allow it. That's what happens in Code Black. Oh, the pipe bursts? The pipes burst to put out any fires. Code Black, they start to fill the hospital with water. That's what Code (laughs) Black is. They start to fill it with water. It's such a shitty strategy, but it never happens. So no one cares that there's this, (laughs) this terrible strategy. Um... So he's fine, except there's a zombie, and the zombie drags him underwater, and now he's gone. <laughs> the zombie starts climbing the ladder. And this is where I found out their zombie makeup is not waterproof. Because there's a three-quarter <laughs> shot of zombie co- coming out of the water, and his face is a normal color. And then they cut to him from above, and he's got the zombie makeup on. So the zombie makeup is not waterproof. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it does kind of look like it was running down his face a little bit. Like, they yeah. tried it. They're like, oops. <laughs> uh, Seagal shoots the shit out of the zombie with the shotgun. Yes, he does. This is, this is part where it's like, I feel like he did all his scenes at once, and he got kind of winded in the middle. Because he's doing katana stuff to start with. And then for a while, he's just shotgunning. Like, he's yeah. like, I can't, I can't keep doing this katana stuff. Like, let me get a shotgun. And then he shotguns for a while, and then he goes back to the katana. By the way, Jeff... Like, I understand zombie lore isn't totally physically accurate or medically accurate, but... Uh, I'm curious where this is going. But since when does a shotgun blast to the chest kill zombies? It doesn't. That's that's one of the things I was going to talk about. This movie breaks the cardinal law of zombies, which is the only way to stop a zombie is to remove a head, the head or destroy the brain. Yeah, this one's like... They have the zombies die to, from, like, throat slits. The only way to stop a zombie is to st- how you stop any other normal human being. And this is Joe. Perfect point for this. What is the difference fundamental? Okay, we're going to stop. We're going to stop down. I was trying to figure out where we were going to talk about this. Okay. What is the difference fundamentally between the zombies in this movie and just cannibals on meth? Mm, they're not. A, they're vi- not, a visible lack of meth. You never not, see anyone doing meth. That's true. They're not stronger than us. No. They're not brain dead. No. They're not, they're not more coordinated. They're not more coordinated. They're not less coordinated. They're not no. like shambling around. They're right. not 
harder to kill. You can kill them with the same thing that you kill any human. Mm -hmm. This breaks every single rule of zombies. It also breaks every single rule of vampires. Yo, we didn't even get into that. <laughs> yeah. <Yet. laughs> These are zombie vampires that follow no rules of zombies, no rules of vampires. These are just... If you follow the logic, these they are set up shop. Wait, wait, I hate to cut you off. They set up shop in a chapel. All right, move on. <laughs> there is that. They love. If I love, if I know one thing about vampires, they love the cross. Love it. This chapel had a garlic, a cross made out of garlic. That's why they set up shop there. Yes. But there is. They. These are just people who have just developed cannibalistic tendencies. That's all they are. It would be great. Cannibalia. If this is like the government's final solution, because we don't, we get glimpses of Keith David and like government life in the State Department, uh, blue shirt. But uh, it would be great if this was like the final solution to the war on drugs. <laughs> Just carpet bra carpet bomb cities. Right. Convince yeah. everyone that there's an, an, an infected zombie apocalypse. And then, I was doing air quotes. Yeah, and then just carpet bomb the shit out of major cities in America. Well, I know there are some groups that would be more than fine with us just carpet bombing cities in America right now. So there is that. Right, right. Not to get um, political, Joe. Yeah, can we just... Yeah. <laughs> Come on, this has been our most political podcast in the movie about zombie vampires. You know who the real vampires are? Those folks in Congress, Joe. They're <laughs> sucking us dry. I got I, I got a counterpoint. What about the fuckers at the IRS? Sucking those us dry year after those, year. Those are the real vampires, Joe. You know, it's not in the Constitution um, to tax. Joe, you know, let me tell you about Nancy Pelosi. Good. I'd like that. <laughs> uh, and I think the people would like that, too. The people, uh, they want to hear about it, Joe. They want to hear about how Nancy Pelosi is a zombie vampire. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, so the colonel, we're back to the colonel. And he continues to monitor the airstrike. And then we get where a million of the seven million went. We get our first glimpse of the CGI jets. And these things are fucking Avengers level happening in 2009. No, Jeff. Jeff's nodding his head no. I implore every. These are to, terrible. These are fantastic jets. This CGI is great. This CGI is awful, Joe. Dude, they have, like, green lights on the back. <laughs> they, they CGI look... green lights on? This was your problem with the CGI cars in the Fast and the Furious, was they didn't have green lights? They weren't interesting enough. These jets are interesting, and they're they're good. They don't look like they're out of place. You know they're CGI, because there's no jets in the world that look like this. But Or that move like this. They're just doing, like, hairpin like turns. But it's seamless. They, they fucking look... They don't stand out from the background. They look great. They look, they look terrific. And I Joe, will, I'll fucking go to the mat on this. Joe, I honestly thought we were going to commiserate about how terrible these planes looked. And I am befuddled right now. There's Not no happen. I love these jets. These are the worst. Hey, Joe, I know I wouldn't, said I wouldn't get into politics, but these are the worst jets I've seen since Adam Gase. Was Adam Gase running these jets, Joe? Oh, my God. Sorry oh. to get political, folks. That's not political. That's sports jokes. That's sports politics, baby. We all hate Adam Gates. Um, sorry, Adam Gates. If you're one of our 
15 podcast listeners, please still listen to our podcast. Please. Um, so the, uh, yes, the crew, we're back to the crew and they're wandering the hallways. Classic crew. Uh, Seagal says to Dylan, this is a good one. Hold on. I got to get clear out my burps. He says, uh, come here, boy. Listen, man, I'm going to give you this. He hands him a pistol. He says, now you take the woman, the women and the girl up top, head south. There's a safe camp, Dare. <laughs> dare, yeah. And he said, I'm going to give you this. Give you this. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you this. There's a safe camp, Dare. Get everybody safe, you hear? This is a fully automatic pistol. <laughs> All right, uh, buddy. It goes fast, so don't spend it in one place, you hear? Get I going. Actually, I actually get like safe. that. I like that line. Giving somebody a pistol and tell them to not spend it all in one place. That's not bad. Jeff, is this your Jets? <laughs> no, I'm being serious, Joe. Like, I know. I can tell. Joe, telling, okay, giving somebody a gun uh, and being like, hey, don't spend this all in one place. I'd be like, ah, that would be in a good movie. That would be in a good action movie. Being like, hey, you know, they got six bullets. Don't spend it all in one place. Like, don't waste a bullet. That's what he's saying. Okay. <laughs> Joe. Joe, let's agree to disagree. Let's not. You like the CGI planes. I like this line. Let's not get get gridlocked like those clowns in Congress, Joe. That's right. <laughs> those zombies. <laughs> uh, um, so, so Seagal, Seagal and Taggart and Lady Hunter, the last remaining Lady Hunter. They I call sweep- her Curly's. Curly's because she has curly hair. Yeah. Uh, they sweep the halls. Mm-hmm. And zombies fall from the ceiling. And Seagal cuts one's arm off and then kills a few. And then the lady hunter gets bit in the neck. And Seagal says, oh, my God, you've been bitten. And oh then he, like, he embraces her. <laughs> and then he stabs her in the, in the stomach. And I believe he tries to kiss her. <laughs> I don't know. He, like, puts his head, like, he, like, goes like he's going to kiss her. And her head, like, moves away. Like, he gets frozen <laughs> at the last second. It's, you know what it is? It's like in high school when you saw, like, a guy, you knew he really liked a girl at, like, a dance. And you go to kiss somebody and the girl would just position her head yeah. to the side. I feel like he did – he's doing an improv. He's like, he's like I'm going to – so uh, this is no longer a death scene. This is a kiss scene. <laughs> We're going to make out in front of – while you are stabbed in the stomach. And she's like, no, that's not happening. He's like, all right, action. <laughs> uh, but what's great is Joe. So this is supposed to be a touching scene where he's like, like the crew, the the hunters have presumably been together. I mean, a while, even though the zombie apocalypse is old, but they, they've been to group before. Yeah, they've, they've been a group before. So this is him being, this is Seagal being uh, like understanding what she'll become and, and saving her. He's putting her out of her misery. Yeah. Getting stabbed in the stomach has to be one of the most, the slowest and most painful ways to die. <laughs> it's the worst decision. He doesn't like, you know. You like, know what would only top that? Head or anything like that. You know the only thing that would top that? Getting stabbed in the stomach and having to make out with Steven Seagal while you were dying. <laughs> but she, she goes, 
she does the Nas closing his eyes of post corpse move, and she's just like, no kiss. Like <laughs> she just moves her head aside, just like, no kiss. <laughs> I'm dead. And then um, yeah, because that's our move when it's on camera, because Seagal can't like turn her head and then kiss her. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> then that's a whole nother thing that Tao's up to. Totally. But here's the, here's the other. You know why he's so sad? Is because the last member, the last one, female member of his Manson family crew, is gone. It's gone. There's nobody left to have sex with, or that will have sex with him. We don't know what Taggart what Taggart's up to. Taggart does his own thing, man. No, Taggart doesn't fuck. Taggart. He's a Volcel. That energy. He's, he's a, a what? He's Volcel. He's Volcel. Yes. <laughs> he's voluntarily celibate. Those are the most powerful people on earth. Yes, <laughs> that's how you become the Rock's body double is by Volceling. Uh, Seagal's display of emotion consists of the annoyance he feels for having to bend down. <laughs> You can see, because he bends down with her, lays her on the ground, and then looks up, just kind of like, why'd you make me do this? I like to to think that they're like, cut, and then he like, gets like, somebody has to, like, he has a designated person that like, comes down and like, helps him get up. (laughs) Designated crane people to like, attach things under his armpits. Again, action star Steven Seagal. Right. Uh, so then a zombie sneaks up. We're back to Dylan and Amelia and Dorothy and Charlie. Yes, there's still four people in this crew. <laughs> Dude, they don't know how zombie movies work. People die all the time. That's how they work. A zombie sneaks up on them. Joe, it's Zombie Cop. Is it? Oh, is, is this Zombie Cop that sneaks it's up? Zombie Cop. Yes. Zombie Cop sneaks up, throws them to the ground. Dylan puts, throws Dylan put, to the ground. Puts his knee on his neck. And... <laughs> Sorry, I won't get political here. <laughs> That's really dark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dylan loses his gun, and the girls abandon him. <laughs> the gun's just lying there. They could just, one of them could, any one of the three, could pick up the gun, blow zombie cops' brains out. Oh. End of scene. The first rule of this group is as soon as things bad things go happen, or, I can't talk anymore. As soon as You're bad things Seagal. happen, I'm Seagalling. <laughs> See, the thing about this group is, is, uh, what I always like to say break is, it down uh, for you, Jack. <laughs> let me break it down for you real quick is, uh, when things go bad, uh, what me and my crew, the thing is, is, uh, about what we like to do is, uh, our predilection is to, uh, just scatter to the four winds. Don't help anybody. All men left behind, as we like to say. <laughs> and the director's just like, far out, man. <laughs> Thing. cool dude <laughs> all right all right all right um <laughs> so dylan yeah he loses his gun uh amelia narrowly invo- avoids zombie cops so she like comes around a corner and then stops and yeah. then we see zombie cop kind of like wander down the hall and like get close to turning but then deciding not to and turning back uh dylan comes to and grabs the gun. And then we see Zombie Cop. Zombie Cop finds Amelia and Charlie. But Dorothy bashes him in the head from behind. So they laid a trap. That's right. They outsmarted the brain-dead zombies. This is the first effective use of teamwork. We're almost done with this movie. And they figured out how to trick a zombie an hour and 15 minutes in. Well, Joe, these are smart zombies. Don't forget. That's true. 
they're, they have the brains of sharks. Um, so Dylan arrives, uh, just in time to see the zombie cop brain. And Dylan says, guess I'm still alive. And I said, ugh, I guess. <laughs> I guess. But he goes, what happened? Like people, nobody in this movie remembers anything. Yeah, he's like, what happened? Where, where, what have we been doing for the last yeah. hour or so? He's like, I'm going to be real honest with you. I haven't been paying attention in the last, like, 40 minutes for what we've been doing, guys. I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, that whole time I was uh, bitching at Ricky for taking drugs, it was to deflect. I am <laughs> a, an addict. <laughs> High as balls this whole time. <laughs> um, Jeff. We get jet footage, baby, and they are scheduled for refueling. Why? Wow. How far away? That's what I want to know. They didn't. So in Flight of Fury, they flew from, if you go by the map, North Dakota to roughly China, and then they refueled. So how far away are these planes? Are they? Are we? Quadrant seven. Are we bombing another country? It's insane. This it wouldn't you wouldn't have to refuel a, a standard military jet from um, one side of America to the other. It's it just, doesn't make any sense. But you know what it does make sense is they paid for a, a set of stock footage and part of that was refueling, so they had to refuel. I see. I see. Yeah. They're like, we're not. We paid for this. We're we're gonna use it. Totally. Yeah. This is when I went. How far away is this base exactly? It's insane. Because it's clearly like a temporary military encampment. It has to be close because fucking Blue Shirt has to send a helicopter. Joe, they talk via walkie-talkie. to right. tag. <laughs> what, is, what distance is in walkie-talkie distance and also plane refueling distance? Jeff, it's the distance from like me to like, uh, like... Watt, Watt and Bradshaw, maybe. Yeah, and and even then it would be kind of choppy. This is just like they're clear as day, but also maybe these. Okay, Joe, let's uh-huh. think this through. Maybe these are special jets with one gallon tanks. <laughs> oh, could be. <laughs> to make them lighter, Joe. You know what they are? They're goddamn electric vets. <laughs> God, <laughs> they gotta stop halfway. They gotta find a charging station. Right. And they have them for cars at some Joe, places. But Joe, it's, this is this is the future that that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wants. You bet your goddamn ass it is. It's it's in the fucking fine text of the Green New Deal. That's right. Jets get one gallon of fuel. <laughs> How the fuck are we going to keep bombing countries we don't need to if our goddamn jets can't even get across the ocean? <laughs> Uh, this is the future that liberals want, Joe. Goddamn bastards. Uh, so Cross wants to go on the record saying the one line he said this whole movie. Something about survivors or something. I don't know. Fuck it. Let's nuke this month already. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Let's nuke Seagal September already. <laughs> I, I didn't know that I could find a set of scenes that I cared about less than the Spartan politics scenes in 300. Oh, Jeff, don't but, even compare. <laughs> but this is just a whole nother level of not mattering. This, this is three characters who do not matter at all. 
nothing about this plot line matters because they will put a pin in what I just said about nothing about this plot line matters. We'll get there. Joe, okay. I don't want to spoil the ending of this great movie. Of course not. It's fantastic. It's been building with such a suspense. Uh, Dylan wanders down a random hallway, leaving the ladies behind because they just but, got reunited. By the way, it feels like you've said character has wander is wandering down a random hallway because these other characters just reunited and he, this other character just went off on their own. That's this whole movie is just people just like their their groups are just intertwining and coming apart and coming together. And I would not be surprised if they have only been walking through the same four hallways all movie just shot from different angles. Totally. Like, totally. Well, that's no, why I said earlier when he's like. There's so many levels in this hospital. I was like, I'll take your word for it. Because I feel like you've been walking around the same goddamn level the entire fucking movie. They've just been walking up and down the same hallway. Nothing in this movie matters. And I'm not saying nothing in any movie in the course of a lifetime ultimately matters. But nothing that happens in this movie matters in the course of this movie. If you cared to watch the movie, nothing matters. Nothing Nothing matters. If that's all you cared about was this movie, nothing that's happening is mattering. Exactly. And it's, I hate it. it's it's insane that this movie was made <laughs> and that uh, that the scenes with Keith David and Blue Shirt from the State Department stand out as especially useless scenes in a in a in a movie where every scene is useless. Their scenes are especially useless, noticeably useless, noticeably useless. Um, so Dylan wanders away and he finds a well lit area. I'm not sure what this is, by the way. No, I, I I don't know either, Joe. I it's don't like he's know. looking up it from a sewer duct. Yeah. You know, like what you would expect if there was like a it was like daytime and there was like a big grate that was see-through. You looked up and you'd get sunshine shining down. There's like sunshine shining down on him. I think it's just supposed to establish that it's dawn now. I think that's all that this – I don't know what it is, but it's just supposed to establish that it's dawn now. Okay, but that clearly doesn't hurt the zombie vampires because the zombie vampire comes out and grabs them. Joe, nothing in this movie makes sense. I don't know if you figured this out yet. These creatures do not follow any of the established laws of either of the things that they're supposed to be. Or humans. Or humans. I don't know what these are. These are a completely new thing. And Joe, they're annoying. That's all I know. So he shoots this zombie vampire. That's right. And that kills him, I guess. And the girls run. The girls of course. heard it and they run. Joe, that's the first rule. It's like the uh, the video of uh, De- did you watch the last dance? Yes. Where Dennis Robbins talking about rebounds? It's like boom! It's flying over here. It's flying over there. It's going this way. It's going that way. That's the people in this movie. Right. <laughs> like, as soon as something happens, they're just going this way. They're going that way. They're flying here. They're flying there. Nobody knows where they're going. Right. Um. So Taggart's. We're back to Taggart, and he's rampaging again, while Seagal is trying to figure out where he is. It's great. It's a great cut, because, like, it shows Taggart just kicking ass. He kills, like, ten zombies. Oh, yeah, dude. And then, and then quick cut to Seagal huffing while he's jogging down a hall, stopping and looking around like he has no idea where he is. Yeah, he, um, that was part of the 20 minutes they gave him. Right. Yeah, that was an important part of that 20 minutes of his of his screen time. Oh, by uh, the way, Joe, he does do Seagal run at this point. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's it's classic Seagal run. 
Uh, Seagal then kills some zombies. There's like a few zombies. And he kills them with well, his sword. He, yeah, of course he does. Uh, jets are on course and on schedule, so that's good. <laughs> it's good. Um, Amelia hears something, and sure enough, it's a innocent young boy. This and is he, the best. The best character in the whole movie is this little boy. He is at the end of a hallway and he's crying and um, Amelia feels bad for him. So Amelia walks up. He's just a boy. And one of them says, what if he's infected? She's like, she goes, no. ah, of course he's not. <laughs> he's just a boy. <laughs> Come on. Kids can't get infected. Yeah. When, when, who's ever heard or seen, heard of or seen a child zombie? So, yeah. Come on, guys. Um, See, she walks up to this boy and, uh-oh, it's a zombie. Who would have thunk it, Joe? Who would have thunk it? He bites her hand and then scampers off. <laughs> like like a like a rabid raccoon. Fucking bites her on the hand and then just scampers away. Joe, Joe, I'd like to I just want to just word for word give you what I what I wrote for this. It was a very in-depth thing. I just want to say it's a ha 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 you dumb <laughs> bitch lol <laughs> she just walks up and she puts her hand like on his cheek <laughs> like right next to his mouth <laughs> yeah she like puts her fingers in his in this kid's mouth right um it's so weird yeah Doesn't so make any sense so um <laughs> where are we in this oh she tells dorothy to get charlie out of there right she does the classic thing get out get her out of here get her, get her out, out of here. here um so then uh dylan oh no, no 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 hold on dorothy and charlie make a break for the door mm-hmm. and hide briefly and then get attacked by the kid zombie again he's back this kid they, zombie just wrecks shop he's great but then dylan scares him away by flashing a gun and then, bam, he's back. <laughs> like He just lowers the gun, and the kid just pops back out and, like, starts eating on him. <laughs> or trying to eat him. Um, uh, where were we? Seagal comes. Um, oh, Dorothy and Charlie bail, of course. They run. And then Seagal comes and kills the kid. Mm-hmm. And then looks supremely disappointed in Dylan. He gives him the look of a stepdad. Of like, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. What are you doing? I gave yeah. you the gun, I told you to protect people, what's happening here? I told you, you can use the car, no eating, fill it back up, none of your friends in there, but you didn't listen. I gave you specific instructions. Now, what do you have to say for yourself, Dylan? Dylan's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. No, no, I'm sorry. It's not what I'm looking for. What what are we going to do about this in the future? Okay? Uh, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Oh, okay. Here we go. You're not going to like this line. I don't know how much this movie costs. Now I do. It was $7 million. But they must have put a lot of it, all of it, into these CGI jets. Because they're back, baby. And they're zipping across the sky. And they are bitching. <laughs> what you yes. can't see is in my notes. Awful I just, CGI. I wrote this awful is CGI. Stupidest. Awful CGI. It's I hate it so much. 
Oh, this uh, is the stupidest, is the kid fighting Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> um, Seagal kills some more zombies, including breaking his sword off in one of them. Joe, no, no, all the characters disappear. It's just Steven Seagal by himself, which tells me that he just kind of filmed the scene all on his own. There weren't, weren't any, any other actors there for it. But there are zombies in here. Oh, the other characters are gone. The other characters are gone. Yes, because they scattered because the zombies showed up. Of course. Uh, so Seagal breaks a sword off in one of their stomachs and then throws one through a plate glass window. All right. He loves yeah. it. Oh, by the way, he also does his classic wrist throw move, but with a zombie. The thing where he just grabs the guy by the wrist and twists it and the guy just like flips over. He does that with one of these zombies. Oh, I didn't realize. Nice. The classic Seagal. Classic Seagal. We know him well. Uh, Amelia's back and gothier than ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, Seagal, then we cut really quick to Seagal throwing a zombo, zombie through a wall, through fucking drywall. Dude, the Taggart was like, watch this. I did this in a movie once for The Rock. Right. Well, it's, it probably was Taggart for a second. Taggart's like, I'll just do the stunt here. And then like, yeah. it's through a wall. I'd like to imagine Steven Seagal trying to do that stunt. Right, right. Like even the guys on like the guys on wires so that he flies Seagal doesn't have to do that much. But then Seagal is also on wires. <laughs> like are controlling him like a marionette. Right. <laughs> It'd just be funny if the director was like, no, this is not working. Um, Tagger, you're going to be stunt Seagal and Seagal, you're going to be the zombie. <laughs> I think it's thrown. <laughs> um. But then Taggart can't lift Seagal, so they're like, all right, just get the regular guy back. Yeah, just get him back in here. Uh, So then we flash to Amelia, and Amelia is trying to tempt Dylan to the dark side uh, by saying, like, uh, uh, oh, no, no, no. Well, I'll say her line that actually comes after this next scene, but I'll say it first. She says, it's not death. I feel more alive now than I ever did. I said, well, that's not saying much. Yeah. You were pretty, uh, just the walking dead before this. Yeah, the entire movie, she's been, like, begging for death, basically. Yeah, and, Joe, we haven't said it, but nobody in this movie, ex- with the exception of Keith David, has anything happening behind their eyes. There yeah. is, there is, everybody in this movie might as well be a zombie, because there, there ain't nothing happening in that brain pan for anybody in this movie. Totally except, for, true. except for Keith David, I will never, di- I will never disrespect Keith David like that. Well, fucking uh, um, Tommy Wiseau doctor definitely has something going on behind the eyes. I don't know what it is. Yeah, he definitely has something, but I don't know what it is. He's got schemes. Um, we get some Taggart scenes. Taggart gets tackled into a car windshield, then mm-hmm. smashes a zombie through the car window. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Taggart snaps a zombie's neck. And bashes one's head into a pillar. One of these zombies, by the way, it definitely looks like Scruffy, the janitor from Futurama. I just oh, like, really? I just like the fight that he's got a big old mustache. He's like wearing a janitor's outfit, little hat. Looks like Scruffy from Futurama. Scruffy needs brains. Stuff. Scruffy needs blood. Second, the zombies are like, we're gonna. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna kill all these survivors and eat their and drink their blood. And he's like, second. Second. <laughs> um, so, ta- oh, Dylan. Dylan aims a gun at Amelia, who's still talking her shit to him, and then she runs away. Joe, I can't, I can't, be- 
I can't believe you learned the names of these people in this movie. So this very, I still have brunette, blondie. Charlie's the only name I have. Well, they in, they introduce the names. I try I to like stick with them, <laughs> but I can't figure out why you cared enough to learn them. Jeff, it matters. Is it <laughs> because you thought matter? They have to. Is it, if this doesn't matter, then nothing matters, and then society None falls of apart. This matters. <laughs> oh boy. Um. So yes. So Amelia, I love how zombies are afraid of guns in this movie. Well, it's because they're smart. That's the thing. Is is when the zombie? I mean, the zombie talked to her through a window. Like everything, everything just stopped mattering when the zombie. Because was they're like, not zombies. Because they're meth heads. Because they're, yeah, they're just drug addicts. They're just methods, yeah. That's what the guy was trying to say before, where he's like, they're just people. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, they're not monsters. Um, so the Jets have arrived. Oh, no. And yes, and they have authorization for the Joe, drop. They are approaching the target with maximum velocity. Maximum velocity. I feel like when you approach a target, you should probably slow down a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Maximum we're approaching the target with maximum velocity, and it's gone. <laughs> and it's gone. Le- <laughs> leaving the target, maximum velocity. <laughs> Looping Circling back around back. the target, Circling maximum back. velocity. Minimum velocity. <laughs> All right, now it worked. Now it worked. All right. Uh, so Charlie and Dorothy arrive at the security gate, and they open it, and then they hold hands. Yep. And they open it, the, like... So when they got, yeah, they get to the security gate and they make as much noise as humanly possible. Yeah, Like they just, they just smack the gate. They're like, hey, zombies, come this way. Come this way. Just let's just smack the gate a little bit. And someone's like, oh, yeah, there's a button. Yeah, <laughs> it's a button. like walked over and pushes the button. Also, Jeff, if there was no military subplot in this movie, is this not the best time to end the movie? This is an actual good ending. Yeah. Them standing together in front of an opening gate. They're escaping the zombies. They don't know whether there are zombies outside yep. or not. And then cut, fade to black. They face the future of what's... Actually, you know what I like more is their walk... Instead of cut to black, is it's cut to white. They're walking out into... The sun's shining in, cut to an unknown future, cut to white. Boom, credits. Yes. Right. And then but you Joe, just see blood start to trickle down the ramp <laughs> back into the garage. <laughs> a, a body just comes flying back down the ramp. A mangled corpse. Um, Seagal and Taggart arrive shortly after. By the way, I love how everybody, once they hit the security gate, everybody's just back together. Nobody wants to do the work, but everybody wants to get out. That's right. Yeah, dude, it's all like they're they're all eager to get the fuck out of this movie as quickly as possible. Yeah, they're like, let me just let's let my character do some stuff off off camera. I really think the important stuff with my character happens off camera, so let's just leave me off camera for a while. Right. So Seagal and Taggart arrive shortly after, followed by Amelia. Amelia zombie. Which zombie Amelia just kind of looks like she just like needs to get some sun. Yeah, like they just barely zombify her. Right. <laughs> Um, so, uh, uh, oh, she gives a speech and then Dylan waits for Seagal's approval before shooting her in the back. Did you notice this? Dylan's like behind her and then he looks to Seagal and Seagal's just like, gives a little nod. Like, do it. Do it. It's all right. This is your chance to redeem yourself, son. And then he takes the gun and shoots his 
presumed girlfriend in the back. <laughs> and she's just like, bah! like, yeah. and if this was a zombie, she would be fine. Cause she got shot in the, in the back back, not like the back of the head. No, just in the back. In the Joe, spine. Joe, guess what happens? Um, they close the gate and run out. We see Steven Seagal run again. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. And also, Joe, uh, there's a fridge in this garage. I don't know if you noticed Was that. there a refrigerator? There's really? a refrigerator. Yeah. After we see Seagal run, there's a refrigerator. How bizarre. It doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, they, they get out through the gate, and then the gate closes, and the zombies hit the gate. Yes, and they start clamoring on the gate to get out. Um, Joe, I need to pause here. We have established and we understand that these, these zombies can reason. They can yes. talk. They can plan. They're sentient. They're sentient. None of these zombies are like, maybe this button opens this gate. Let's just guys. slam into this gate. Hey, guys. I like to think there's one zombie off the side that's like, can I can I push this button? Except, no, I'd be like, can I push this button? Because they all have voices like that. Right, right. Can I, can I push this button? Yeah, and then they're yeah. like, they're just all hitting it. It's like, well, I guess if none of you guys are going to do it. <laughs> like, I guess yeah. I'll do it. I don't want to break her here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Jets blow up the blow up the hospital and get their one win of the year. I'm kidding. That's a football joke. Hey, uh, fire Adam Gase. Sorry to get political for the first they, time in this podcast. Sorry to get political. Fire Adam Gase. They blow up the hospital and the whole region. Uh, oh, I thought they were blowing up the whole region. Nope. Nope. They blow up just the hospital. Just the hospital. Which should, by the way, two levels of absurdity here. It should kill everyone. They just left. They just got out of the hospital. Yeah, they just left. But Joe, do you know who didn't survive? Uh, the zombies? The Zombie mannequins, Joe. Yes, yes. They showed the mannequins getting blown up. Yeah, yeah. So some of them, the mannequin room explodes. Uh, some of this looks like Iraq war footage, as I said before. Dude, I watched the, so there's a black and white shot of something blowing up. It's clearly a series of warehouses. <laughs> <laughs> I zaprudered this explosion. All the, the scene I watched probably 15 times. Of you thought the blowing. same thing as me, right? What's that? They just used like a rat. Oh, yeah, they just used a rat. Like somebody probably actually died in the making of this movie because they used the stock footage from Iraq. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um. Yeah. There's just a spot of like a shot of like a little white. A like, little guy running away. Guy, and then you just see like a. <laughs> <laughs> a little puff white. Um. So hospital explodes. And it looks like they, this is a great, yep. Looks like they CGI'd a helicopter explosion over the hospital. I told you, you were like, that's not, that couldn't be a helicopter. But then you watched it. But they started halfway through, so you can't tell. But you can, yeah. first of all, right away you can tell the hospital is not blowing up. Yeah, it's in front of the hospital. It's clearly it's happening explosion. in front. Yeah. And as it's happening, shrapnel starts flying toward the screen and there's this, I don't know if it's a helicopter or a submarine or a subway car, but it is a curved piece of metal with a window on it yep. that is in no way part of a hospital. There also is 
the rotor from a brake flies off too at some point. There's also a big circle that looks like a manhole cover that starts the. Oh, explosion. I thought it was like a uh, not a grill, but a hubcap. Oh, it could be a hubcap. But then also later, there's a, what's I used to do auto repair. I know what a rotor looks like on a hub and rotor. It. Yeah. I was like, that's a drum brake. I was like, that that's a brake. Like that that's part of a brake. I know right. exactly what that is. But yeah. then it looks like a helicopter or some sort of fuselage. Like I like the subway car idea. The subway car idea actually works really well. Okay. Yeah. How great would it be, by the way, if they were like, well, we can't, we don't have enough money to blow up a hospital. Let's blow up a, a whole subway car. <laughs> yeah. Well, that yeah, subway I... car is clearly in some database. And also, Joe, there is clearly a part that looks like a fender. So the subway car actually really tracks. There's a part where I'm like, this can be nothing but a fender. This has, because okay. it's a wheel. I was like, this is a wheel well. I was like, what they're showing me right here is a wheel well. I zapruder this footage. I watched it like 10 times. I watched it in slow yeah, motion. I was trying to figure out what was happening in this. So I like the subway car idea. I got stuck on helicopter, but I like subway car. That works a lot better. I started seeing helicopter the more you, you were saying it. Yeah. Um. So then the colonel gets the news that the hunters made it out alive, and he's relieved. He sighs. How? How, How does he, he know? How do they know? But really, why should he care? <laughs> he does. He was gonna blow these people up either way. It didn't matter. Like, there's nothing. He doesn't lose his job if he killed the hunters and survivors. No, it doesn't matter. It seems like he would have gotten a promotion. There's people getting angry on the phone that he wasn't doing it fast enough. Yeah, exactly. They are really, really not worried about um, collateral damage. Totally. Uh, This concludes the story arcs of the army guys and Cross. Who do nothing. The end of their movie. They do nothing. There's not even smoldering wreckage in the rest no. of this movie. There's no, there's no fires. There's no nothing. This could be 10 miles away. Like, <clears throat> hadn't seen the hospital that we clearly had established was the hospital because we didn't talk about the logo, Joe. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not a hospital's logo. It's like it Atari. Looks, <laughs> it looks evil. It looks like evil Atari. It looks like it has horns. Right. But if it weren't for that shot of the hospital blowing up, the planes could have blown up a completely different city. And we wouldn't have known or cared. Well, Jeff, they're days away, apparently, from this. Ridiculous. Um, Dylan, Dorothy, and Charlie, three of our survivors out of six, and two of the hunters who have survived out of four. Uh, There's no, I'm sorry, no horror movie should have 50% of the people survive. Absolutely not. That is unacceptable. <laughs> Absolutely not. Dude, unacceptable. Have you seen The Babysitter? I watched that this weekend. Yeah. Two people survive. Yeah. That's how it should be. Absolutely. No matter how many people you start with, two people survive. Yes, totally. Dude. Every single time. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, they load into a truck together and drive off. While Seagal and the hunter, and I say hunters, but really it's just, Seagal and Taggart at this point. Or maybe it's The Rock. We don't know. Who knows? Could be A little reverse. A little either or. Yeah. Um, They walk off in the background. No goodbyes. No farewells. Everyone's eager to get the fuck out of there. (laughs) Everybody is really happy for this movie to be over. Yes. But Joe, monsters remain. (laughs) 
That's how the movie ends, reminding us that there's still monsters, which ultimately this movie means nothing. In what the a course, waste of time. <laughs> in the course of the zombie apocalypse, nothing of value happens in this movie. Nobody is truly saved. Nobody yeah. is like the people who survive are still they don't make it to a camp. They don't make it anywhere else. They're just like, OK, now we're outside of this hospital. Yeah. And, and look, like you don't always have to go World War Z or 28 Days Later and have like the main character be involved in a plot to like suppress the zombie yeah. infection rate or something. Sometimes it can just be Night of the Living Dead or Day of the Dead or Dawn of the Dead where people are just trying to survive. I get it. But there's a conclusion to those. Yeah. This is just like, okay. It's like we like zoomed in on these people in part of it and then we just zoomed back out and there's just like, there's no resolution. There's no arc. There's no nothing. Well, in all of those movies that are like Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, that series, they all focus on one group. Yes. They don't try to cut a bunch of other sub-stories into it because it would lessen the effect of the movie, which yeah, is it's, to care if these people survive or not. It's the puddle. It's the puddle that I talk about. You yeah. just Everything just kind of just like droops down and it just drips down into this just like oil. Runs slick. together. Yeah, this oil slick that just everything just runs together. If there's if there's no Steven Seagal or alternate, if there's only Steven Seagal and they find him in the hospital and there's no military plot, this is a much different movie. This is a much better movie because we are focused. We are focused. That's the problem with this movie. There's no focus. No. Yeah, dude, if it had just been Seagal interacting with this group of survivors yeah and being the guy who was going to lead them he knew everything about the zombies he knew how they acted like that's fine that you can do this is nonsense this is just nonsense it's visual gibberish and it's actual gibberish so joe frustrating (laughs) joe joe is this better or worse than flight of fury it felt like the same movie at times like the same movie, just different elements. I could, it's the puddle. I mean, it's the puddle. That, that. Yeah, but but the same where it's like there's these sublines and subplots and they and, keep putting a a, a a a a countdown and a timer on things, and ultimately the countdown and the timer doesn't matter. There's no there's no they add it to add tension, but they don't track it. Like it doesn't matter enough for there to be tension. And they fill it with too much conversation. Uh, like pointless dialogue and then it just fizzles at the end this thing when you make a countdown it's got a count at the end like yeah. you hit the end whatever happens better matter it can't just be fizzle out like a yeah, or, fuse and it's like a stick like, of dynamite it's like a pack of dynamite with a fuse it gets to the end and it just smokes it's just dud but the whole movie, people are like, oh, my God, this stick of dynamite. Oh, my God, this stick of dynamite. But, yeah, there's too much talking. Nothing happened. As a philosopher once said, Joe, a little less conversation, a little more action. There you go. That philosopher was whatever African-American artist Elvis Presley stole that song. From. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. Guess what? Guess who's yeah. not in our next movie? Oh, please. Tell me nobody from Ticker. Joe, somebody from Ticker's in it. Oh, no. 
It's the Irish. It's Pooch. It's Pooch. <laughs> Pooch is back, baby. Pooch is back. No, Joe. Our next that movie. Screaming redhead for her family is back. <laughs> she's out of the new. She's out of the funny farm. <laughs> they committed she's her. Putting her life back together, and she finds herself in Texas. Back in Texas. Texas. Joe, the next movie is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But yes. Joe, you say to yourself, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's a good movie. But Joe, it's actually Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. The sequel, baby. St- starring Dennis Hopper as Lieutenant Lefty Enright. And yes. Caroline Williams as Vanita Stretch Brock. Yes. And Bill Mosley. As Chop Chop. Horror legend. Yes, sir. Chop-top. Yeah, Bill Mosley's back from the first... Oh, dropped my uh, my notes here. But yes, so this is... The, if you don't know Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's a horror classic. Uh, if you don't know Ches- Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, it is a little less so. <laughs> You'll know immediately. <laughs> yes. This movie gives it away. It, it plays its hand and shows its cards immediately. Immediately. So, Joe, let me read the, uh, the description from Real Good real quick. Okay. Chainsaw-wielding maniac Leatherface is up to his cannibalistic ways once again. <laughs> up to his antics. <laughs> it's like Fievel goes west. It's like <laughs> your He's favorite. He's at it again. He's at it again. Your favorite cannibal mouse. Little scamp. <laughs> He's <laughs> up to his cannibalistic ways once again, along with the rest of his twisted clan, including the equally disturbed Chop Top. Chop-top. This time, the masked killer has set his sights on a pretty disc jockey, Vanita Stretch Brock who teams up with Texas lawmen Lefty and Right to battle the psychopath and his family deep within their lair, a macabre abandoned amusement park. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. 1986, yeah. Joe. It was a hell of a time to be alive. I was one. <laughs> Joe, they're saying the thing that's the title of the podcast. Not our podcast, mind you, but a different one. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Joe, this Jeff. one is streaming on Prime Video for those at home. It's free, baby. What 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 do you got to lose? Except for an hour and 41 minutes of your time. Jeff, unlike Against the Dark, the movie piece of shit we just covered. By the way, it gets a zero out of zero. It's negative five. <laughs> negative five out of zero. All right. There's a there's a good rating right there. That That's what Against the Dark did. Un, unlike Against the Dark, this movie has something it's building to. It doesn't tell you. You know, it's the exact opposite of Against the Dark. It doesn't tell you where it's going. And then a treat at the end. You stick around, you get a treat at the end of this movie. I'm excited. So, Joe, real mm-hmm. quick, we got we to gotta stop down, do some housekeeping real quick. So, Joe and I have made a decision, um, if you're listening to all the episodes, we have been doing pre-actions uh, where we look, watch the trailers and, and whatnot. My personal opinion, and Joe kind of agrees, these aren't the best use of our time uh tends yeah. to not be a lot of stuff for us to talk about and uh life is getting in the way so yes at least for now joe i would like to revive the pre-action for fast nine of course so we will do the pre-action when fast nine comes out you know if movies ever come out again that's you there know is that I caveat. Like, i'd like to set a caveat or a potential caveat at least it, when we do franchises which won't always be yeah happening but when we do franchises not only will we be doing the pre-actions i will promise i swear on this podcast at this moment to bring back uh 
pre preambles or whatever you preambles. want. Preambles. Yes, Joe's preambles from the Fast and Furious franchise. So if this is your first episode, go listen back to the Fast and Furious ones. Joe uh uh set a precedent <laughs> with the with the preambles, and they are fantastic, I gotta tell you. But um a little bit too much. So there's not gonna be any more preaction, so only one episode a week from us. And uh thank God because um we scramble. Our, our schedules are a little bit hectic. Joe, you work overnights. Yeah. I, I am a fantasy football writer. I yeah. work forever, constantly. Yeah. So no more pre-actions for now. There'll just be one episode a week um, coming out on Monday, maybe Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will keep the once a week schedule, but just no pre-actions. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, it's just it's getting a little too much. Yeah. So, Joe, do you have anything to add to this? To this? Yeah. Okay, I, I actually this might be a good time to. I'm sure we're like in the two and a half hour range here, but whatever. Oh, uh, we're at almost three hours. Okay, why not then? Um, horror movies. I, I kind of want to do this at the beginning here. Horror movies. It's not hard to make a bad horror movie. Yeah, but at that's least correct. with yeah. one in the books, I'm realizing how like all you have to do to make a bad horror movie is have gore mm-hmm. and and blood and gut. That's it. You just have to have gore and maybe a little suspense. Yeah, oh, to make a good one. You said to make a bad one. No, this is bad. Okay. I mean, or, or just average. I would say yeah. most horror movies are bad to average. And I'm a horror movie aficionado. I love horror yeah. movies. They're not complicated to make. No. Great horror movies like Hereditary, which you brought up, have to have psychological elements, have to have brilliant directing, have to have like very well thought out jump scares and um, building towards suspense. Good horror movies have something in them, whatever it might be, whether it be visual gore or even like mental anguish, you get a visceral response from them. A good horror movie. You feel something. You get a visceral response. Yes. Like you can't help but feel this way. Absolutely. This movie, we're one in, but I I really do believe all four of these are going to be this way. Just swings and misses at everything you need to do in a horror movie to make it effective. Yeah. Like this had no, it had jump scares that were not jump scares. It had deaths that weren't deaths. Deaths didn't happen frequently enough. And they didn't matter. And they didn't matter. No one cared. The the people in the movie couldn't even bother to care. Exactly. When when Ricky, Randy, Rick, Ricky, the drug when, Ricky, when Ricky died and she had to and they were like, clearly they established they had been walking down the hallway. And she's like, oh, yeah. Remember, Ricky, <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> and they're like, OK, sure. Like, if you can't make the characters in your movies care, why do we? We can't. It's just, we can't. We, it's too much to ask of the audience to care. And yeah, same thing with Seagal, where he's just looking at the woman dying and looks like he cares more about his failing knees than he does about the woman who's dying in his arms. Well, no, Joe, we know what Seagal's priority is, is in that scene when the girl's dying in his arms. He's got to sneak a little smooch. <laughs> he's disappointed. But yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, you know, we're going to cover horror movies here. I am a horror movie buff i've seen them all i love them all i love the bad ones this is not a fun movie um next one will be a fun movie but just 
equally bad. A movie that could have been made good by a good director, Toby Hooper, who did the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, comes back for this movie and just bombs. Just, just bombs. whiffs. Joe, you, you know how to sell them. <laughs> you know how to sell them on the next movie. So, all right, that'll do it, I think, for this episode of the Reactionaries podcast. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, no no reactions anymore, except for special events. And um, go ahead, rate, review, subscribe in your podcast app of choice if you like what you heard. If you didn't like, just subscribe. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, Brawloween will continue with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, followed by Hellbound, starring Chuck Norris, followed by Jason X where I keep thinking of where you said Jason finds himself in space. And I have this idea of a space therapist. I just can't get this idea out of my mind. Yeah, coming to age. Yeah. A coming of age story in space. Uh, <laughs> in space, no one can hear you impotently scream at your parents that they just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> your, your mother. <laughs> All right. For Joe, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, well, uh, the thing of it is, is, uh, you know, we, uh, we just kind of have to do what we do. And then the podcast. <laughs>